Hello and welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast that covers the A&E series Bates Motel. Today we are going to be covering Season 3, Episode 5. Yep. <laughs> Called The Deal. I'm Sue. And I'm Ed. now kills it directing heck yeah he did he did a great job there was a couple really shots did. i really liked yeah me too yeah and he you could just tell he really likes the romero norma <laughs> yeah you could tell on twitter he really likes it because <laughs> <laughs> they had i think some of their best little interactions this episode <laughs> That I've oh, yeah. ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah, Emily did some rewatching. <laughs> there, <laughs> there were some looks that are just oh fantastic. <laughs> so, do you want me to start with feedback? Yeah. <clears throat> Emily's got just the girls a, home. Yeah, just a warning to everybody. It's spring break here in Utah, even though it's kind of snowing. And I got kids, so <laughs> you might do <laughs> You might hear some really weird questions all of a sudden from a nine-year-old. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, all right. So we'll just get right into it. Um, our first comic card is from Anna. And Anna is our guest in room four. And she says, hi, Sue and M. This episode was a little weird for me because I was in Mexico on vacation, where they are about three episodes behind. Well, at least you're in Mexico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> needless to say, I was extremely disappointed when I turned on the TV to find Norma from three episodes ago screaming in Spanish. Sigh. I would have totally watched it, though. I would have watched the crap out of that. <laughs> I had to resort to illegal websites where I kept getting ads for Candy Crush that kept popping up over Norman's face at inopportune times. <laughs> a scene just isn't as dramatic when Norman's face is all all of a sudden replaced by a cartoon jelly bean. Oh well. <laughs> After feeling like Gunner with my illegal video watching, although surely he would have found a way to get rid of those ads, here are my thoughts on the episode. <laughs> we all whitewash our parents' sins because on some level we need to absolutely true but Emma seemed to have an emotional connection to this quote I wonder if there's something she's not telling us her lack of screen time in this episode makes me think she has something coming um I'm thinking I've been rewatching season one a little bit and her mom ran off right because her illness was just too much for her to handle right I was it occurred to me too I was like oh her mom you know because mm -hmm. her dad seems like a nice guy Right. I wouldn't, I think, 
we'll probably have some sort of emotional breakdown about that, perhaps. I just, I don't know why else they would have her say that. Right, right. But yeah, her mom did run off once she was, like, diagnosed or something with her cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. Which, mom of the year award. Yeah, really, that's... <laughs> That's pretty cool, Mom. <laughs> um, what's wrong with these criminals that they can't just hang on to their own shit? <laughs> Very definitely the best quote of the night. <laughs> a defense of Noma, Norma is a quotable Norma, I've noticed. <laughs> She's not wrong, though. You'd think such an important flash drive would have never gotten into the hands of Annika, but I guess that's a story for another time. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Um, yeah, I don't know. That seemed to have served its purpose. I know, I'm kind Although, of thinking that too. I don't know. We still have so many imaginings of what the Arkham Club is doing, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully some of that in the next five episodes yep. happens. Uh, she says, Norman in the dress. Damn, that poor kid is falling down, and now that Norma's run off, I don't know who will be there to catch him. I have a feeling we're in for a serious Norman decline next episode. I think so. I have that same feeling. Yeah. Um, She says, I thought it was so hilarious that Emma told that customer, password to the Wi-Fi is mother, all caps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the subtle changes that happen when you make Norman the the motel manager. (laughs) You think that was That was like his first... His first thing. I'm changing the password. <laughs> Can't be Bates Motel guest anymore. <laughs> it's like mother. mother. You know, if I checked into a little motel like that and was told <laughs> the Wi-Fi password was mother, I think I'd be like, where's the closest holiday in? Where's, you know, is there a Motel 6 around? <laughs> I think that would kind of freak me out. <laughs> I know. It's one thing for it to be that for, like, the motel office. Right. <laughs> but, but it's for the guests. For the guests. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Where such... Where is this holiday? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that gets me. That's funny. <laughs> it's like... Oh, man. Whoever came up with that little line, I just... I love you. That it was Nestor Carbonell. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Um, did okay. He, did he say this in an interview or something? We know this. Here's the deal. So I on Twitter last night or yesterday, sometime, I asked Nestor Carbonell. Um. Okay, so, okay, I'm like, what, what, am I, what story am I telling? Because it's a little finagled. Okay, so I asked him if the, you know, when they're waiting for Bob Paris and Norma's shaking her leg and he yes. just reaches over and steals it. I love it so much. <laughs> I asked him if that was scripted or if that just happened during filming, like a, you know. Mm-hmm came by organically, an idea on set. And Flora answered it, she with a quote from him, and I'm like, ooh, where did you hear that? And she's like, 
he was on the After Buzz. I'm like, oh, so I'm going to have to listen to that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I listened. I didn't listen to their discussion because I listened to it this morning because uh-huh. I decided I'm sucking up to the kids for doing a podcast while they're home all morning. <laughs> so I made them muffins. And while I was doing that, I just I fast forwarded to the um, just his interview because I didn't I didn't want to hear other people discuss the show. Right. Right. Before we podcast. So I just kept skipping until I heard him on the phone. And so he said that that just was something that occurred to him during the episode and he pitched it to him and they laughed. So. That's Just something hilarious. he came up with and decided to add. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was so funny. He did it for the fans. He did. He totally did. That's, yeah, I like that, that he came up with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes on. She says, side note, I want some board jerky delivered to my motel room because apparently <laughs> it solves all of life's problems. <laughs> Yeah, we heard that too. So we went ahead and ordered two cases from Chick. He'll be delivering it personally. <laughs> it's not weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want Chick to be our food delivery guy. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Although he seems to have money, so maybe he doesn't need it. Um He'll do it for us. Yep. As always, love you ladies. Next week is the mid-season episode, so I'm sure it'll be big. I'm definitely going to have to take Norma's advice and chill my own ass. We're going to have to cut that out because... Oh, is that what her second one is? Her second one is like, oh, this is not the mid-season episode. The last one was, so please cut that out or something. Oh, the minute I set my comic card, I realized that this was the mid-season episode. Not next week, so ignore me being stupid in my comic card going on about next week. Haha. <laughs> um, just lay off the tequila, Anna. Just <laughs> 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 Anyway, I told her we'd just come up with something witty for her. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> lay off the tequila. <laughs> well, I'd say that the mid-season episode was witty. I mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the mid-season episode was big. Mm-hmm. It was. And the next one's going to be big again. I think big precedes big. <laughs> In the show, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then big begat more big. <laughs> <laughs> and then more big begat more <laughs> yeah i think we're in for a fun ride for these next five yeah i'm kind of i was just thinking about to myself yesterday that um we haven't seen bradley yet and we've been promised she's coming back so i think that's going to be the next big storyline yeah i was thinking that too i was wondering how because i remembered bradley was coming back i'm not super excited for but We'll see. Yeah, not really. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what, how, like, what capacity she comes back in. 
Yeah. Like, as one of the Arcanum girls. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't see her being a big... Coming back into the show as a major player. I don't think so. Oh, so I'm kind of interested. I just wonder if maybe something happens. like Norman does just go, you know, way off the rocker. Maybe Dylan has somehow kept in touch with Bradley and reaches out to her. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know. I'm okay with it. I just got okay with it. I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right, brain. <laughs> I didn't give it any thought till now, and then when I started thinking of the possibilities, it would probably be cool. And I just, I really don't see her coming back as like a full-time cast member for the next couple seasons. So no. it'll probably be something pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, if they're bringing her back, it's there's it's got to be like a pretty crucial because mm-hmm. it's not like she's like this famous actress that is making a cameo, you know? Right. Where she could just like play someone's grandma or something, you know? So grandma, I don't know. I'm not talking about her. I was just thinking of, like, Shirley MacLaine on Downton Abbey or something, you know, where she comes in, she's got this part, and she leaves, and she really has nothing to do with the overall story, you know? Right. Where Bradley could come in and move the plot along, but not be a big player. I don't know. I know what I'm saying in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> right. Thanks, Anna. You need to have some conversations with Chick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Anna. And have fun in Mexico. Okay. Next, we have Harold. Base Motel comment card. <clears throat> My initial reaction is that this was the best episode of Base Motel so far. I'm wondering what thoughts are going through Emma's head this week. Hopefully we will get another diary passage soon. <laughs> I might, they might have to do with her mom. We'll see. Um, the biggest surprise for me was that Cupcake Man was able to crack the flash drive password so easily. Yeah, that was a big shocker. <laughs> <I know. laughs> See what can happen when you chill your own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Norma should rethink her attitude towards pot. She needs to chill herself. <laughs> uh, yes, very much. Uh, okay. This episode had so many great moments, but I will just dwell on a couple. What an incredible moment when Norma looks over at Norman after hearing her sons ask her to give Caleb a chance. A quiet moment where she says everything with her eyes. And then that was followed up with that incredible sequence of insane packing. That was the best packing ever that ever happened. I loved it. On film or in real life. Yep. It was fantastic. Oh, just empties, just throws the stuff out of the garbage can and just (laughs) just throws the garbage can. (laughs) She like threw it into like the top shelf of her closet. (laughs) I watched it a few times. 
I swear that's where it goes. Oh. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, but yeah, that look that she gives Norman. Yeah, because I truly, oh, my personal my personal interpretation of this scene is that she was doing okay and handling it okay until that moment yep. when Norman was totally on Dylan's side. Yep. Whew. Man, we'll talk about it more. Yeah, yeah that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, okay. But my favorite scene was the one at Romero's house. Word. What is crazy series? Okay, what a crazy series of Vera moments. Her recounting all the terrible things that the town has done to her family since she arrived. Her inability to unlock the door and the hug. It was a highlight reel in one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, when she recounts all the things, Romero's eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know. I think he had never thought of everything that had happened to her all at once like that. I know. And in just like what, a little over a year's time, uh -huh. things have happened to her that don't happen to most people in their right. lifetime. You know, rape, dead body in their bed. Who, who does that happen to? No one. <laughs> you know, no. and child gets kidnapped. I mean, those are <laughs> like... <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> That's like the big event of your whole life. I know. Each one of those are. <laughs> and they happen to like such a minority of, you know, just such a small. Right. And all of it happened to her in just a very short amount of time. And yeah, he the look on his face, because he's even the one that's like, you know, can't remember the things, you know, that this, the town's done to you. And she's like, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Here they are. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a woman. I'm strong. <laughs> I, know, it's like, I can't open the door. <laughs> it could have been such an epic exit, and instead it just failed. <laughs> it was an epic fail. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that was, that was, oh. <laughs> Is Scout texting you? Yes. <laughs> it's a Facebook message. Mommy, should I play with LBS? <laughs> sure, babe. <laughs> play with what? Littlest Pet Shop. Okay. LPS, Littlest Pet Shop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Crap, I gotta turn these off. <laughs> okay. Here is a thought. Instead of building new exits, etc., why did Norma ask for, or Bob counteroffer, that the town simply buy her dumpy motel to make way for the bypass? At her original cost, plus a nice profit. Then she could move out of this crazy place. Maybe move to Puerto Rico. Harold. <laughs> Who <laughs> goes to Puerto Rico? <laughs> Who flees? Who flees to Puerto Rico? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to talk about it 
when we get to that scene, but I would have thought like hush money or something would have been a much better thing to ask for. <laughs> it's so normal though. I know. She gets these grand ideas. I know. It's totally her not to ask for just money, but to like make my business better. <laughs> I know. I know. And just, oh, she thinks that she won. We'll talk I about know. it. I know. Okay. It's so typical Norma. Um. Well, thanks, Harold. Yeah, thank you. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. I know. <laughs> so our next comment card is from Becca, and she says, "I really loved the makeup scene with Norman, with Dylan and Norman. Once he realized what was happening, Norman was surprisingly mature about everything. He's off my shit list now, or for now." Yeah, Norman was surprisingly, <laughs> like... Yeah, the, he's been a little jerk. One. He's back to... He's back in my good graces also. Yeah. Well, he had quite the realization this episode. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. We we'll talk about, about that, too. But it broke my little heart. It kind of... Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of sad to... Uh, that he's realizing, uh-oh, you know. <laughs> um, well, I was fully behind Dylan telling Norma about Caleb. I was cringing so hard when he was asking her to see Caleb. No, Dylan. I get that he's conflicted and wants a family, but no. I I agree. I was, oh, man. That was so Dylan kind of got out of my good graces. <laughs> it's like Norman back <laughs> yeah. in, Dylan kind of out. Yeah, he's buying Caleb a lot more than I thought he would. He is. I mean, he even said to, you know, Norman or someone, he's not a monster and, you know, he just, he's so tormented. It's like, I don't know. I know it's his father, uncle thingy, but. Why don't, okay, the smart thing to do, and you'd think he, he, could like wrangle Norma a little better by now because I feel like I could (laughs) Um, start today with he's in town right and you can even start with I can't really get rid of him but he's helping me build this barn but I really I didn't want to take that money either. I don't want anything from him. Right. He has nowhere else to go. Maybe start with that if you need to go that far the first day and let that sink in. You know, you don't need to pile it all on her at this moment. Yeah. I, I just really think trying to get her to talk to Caleb is... It's just a bad idea all around. You know, he should know Caleb. Well, I still think Caleb, I don't think it's 100%. That's what he's in town for. I still think he's got something else up his sleeve. I just don't trust him. Yeah, I don't know. And, But what I do know is I think I can... I can guarantee you right now he treasures this new thing he has with his mom more than what he has with Caleb. Right. And so why mess that up right now? Exactly. Exactly. Because he really, I mean, 
Dylan this season is all about family and ties and to go out on a limb with his mom's relationship for his relationship with Caleb is such a bad, it's such, such a, a bad, bad decision. And it doesn't, it, it, that's just not Dylan. It's weird. Unless he's just not seeing it, you know, because yeah. how is it? I don't think Caleb's really going to benefit from apologizing to Norma. I really don't. He doesn't seem like the type of person that can, you know. He's obviously unhinged. And right. I mean, him staring at that picture of them as kids. I mean, it's, it's creepy stuff mm-hmm. going on. I mean, mm-hmm. he's unhinged and obsessed. And he it's is. been a long time. He is. And I know that there are people who... grow from being able to apologize like they they benefit from it. it it helps them move on like you know like a murderer being able to apologize to the family you know right but that he's in stalker territory he doesn't seem to be that kind of person that's going to benefit norma's definitely not going to benefit from any kind of apology she doesn't want an apology from him she wants nothing to ever do with him ever again right you know so it's just a bad idea all around. And I can't believe that Dylan is like pushing it as much as he is. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Becca goes on to say, I can't quite pin down chick. Last time he seemed rather antagonistic. And this week he's offering board jerky rabbits and jobs. He's entertaining. So I'm willing to see where it goes. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever in the whole world pinned down chick. Nope. <laughs> chick is chick. <laughs> and we can just enjoy the ride. <laughs> um, she says Norma. She was in full Norma Bates from this week. Shenanigans from start to finish. I have no doubt that her deal with Bob will blow up in her face, but her negotiating was priceless. Oh man, <laughs> I am all for a Norma Romero hookup. So I take the so I'd like the professor to take a hike. I get that she was majorly upset at the end of the episode, but where the hell was she going? Is she leaving out of fear of Caleb or because of the betrayal of by both her sons? Betrayal. Oh yeah, ninety. 9.9% yep. betrayal of those boys. And Norman, um, especially. 70, no, 85% Norman. Yep. yep. 15% Dylan, or 14.1%. We can just call him Dorman. <laughs> Did I call him Dorman? <laughs> you were going there. <laughs> when Dylan and Norman Dylan. are together, we'll, we'll just call him Dorman. Um, <laughs> Um, it's definitely betrayal by her son. She, oh, just the look on her face. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, I, it was just so hard to watch her face. And especially, oh, she just gives Norman that look when he's like, you've got to understand he's his father, you know, like Norman knows what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Norman's being a man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh dear so uh, 
she's afraid of Caleb. I think that's what she was grabbing that gun for. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Yeah. She's... <laughs> I think Caleb's definitely at the end of, the end of that gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Soon, probably. So, all right. Well, thanks, Becca. Thank you, Becca. We have a comment card from Matt A from the Chill Your Own Ass Room in the BMD. <laughs> he says, I didn't take too many notes while I was watching this, so feedback will be brief this week. That's what you thought. <laughs> Looks at least as long as normal. <laughs> Not saying that as a bad thing, just saying. Um, okay, number one. Thank you, A&E, for putting Caleb's fall in the previously on slip. How do you know <laughs> I wanted to see that again? <laughs> I know. I was delighted when I saw that, too. I was like, yay! <laughs> yep. Two, Norma, if someone is riding your bumper, hawking their horn, flashing their lights, and refusing to pass you, they are trying to kill you. (laughs) She's like, go around. (laughs) Even after he ran her off the road and sped away and he came back, she's like, you almost drove me off. You drove me off the road. (laughs) (laughs) She knows she has this chip, right? (laughs) If I was Norma at this point, I'd be having my eye on the rearview mirror all the time, (laughs) thinking someone's trying to kill me. I know, I know. Anyways, um, that would have been my immediate reaction, and this is Matt talking, (laughs) and I'm not Norma Bates, shit stirrer of white by pants. I say this every week, but come on, Norma. <laughs> when he says that, I think of Gob. Oh, Gob. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's my favorite thing he does. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's a lot of things he does. I love. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> His magic tricks are my favorite. <laughs> and the segue. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay three the wi-fi password is mother there are no words for how perfect that is <laughs> already discussed um four either she's insane or you are dylan there's a third option <laughs> Number five, Norma, if I was a man, you would say that this is totally doable. You're just saying it's a bad idea because you think I can't handle it because I'm a woman. Now proceed to watch me struggle with opening a door. Norma, (laughs) you are crazy and I love you forever. P.S. I forgot to mention earlier, I've been a Vera Farmiga, um, I believe you meant to say fan, since the 1997 series Roar. I don't even know what that is. I've never even heard of that. Interesting. Yeah. I saw her, I think I saw Up in the Air before Bates Motel came on. And other than that in Bates, I don't know if I've seen her in anything. Yeah, I definitely saw Up in the Air. I feel like 
I might have seen her in one other thing, but I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever really just gone through her IMDb. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Yeah. We love her, though. Yes. <laughs> we might have to do that now. Yep. But, yes, I mentioned this earlier, but I thought that was funny. She <laughs> she does that big triumphant oh. speech. <laughs> and then open the door and just went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, she's so defeated, you know? <laughs> I know. The hug with her and Romero is so sweet. I know. I loved it. <clears throat> I wonder what would have happened if she would have just stormed off. Because yeah, I it don't know. seemed like that that defeat and her sobbing on his shoulder, like he kind of raises his eyes like, oh, Lordy, here I go. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. <laughs> yep, because that's when he agrees to go with her to Bob's. So I don't know. I think he would have gone anyway because I think he knows that she would have just gone on her own. Oh, yeah. So I think he would have gone anyway. Oh, he, he totally – something, you know, something would have had – probably would have been a crazy scene. But, right. Um, she stormed off saying that she, she'll do it without him, and he wouldn't have let her do that. He wouldn't have. He, he Papa Bear's debates. He does. Uh, okay. Six, Emma, go back inside, <laughs> or better idea, run for your life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice after she ran in there, Norma just backs into, like, exactly where she oh, was? Yeah, she would have been hit. <laughs> and I think Dylan saw that coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> okay, things are not going to have a happy ending for our dear Emma, and they're... And here's what should happen next. After Norman murders Emma, he dates a new character played by Taysa Farmiga. Is that how you say her name? Taysa. Taysa. Played by Taysa Farmiga. Then Norma says, God, Norman, she looks just like me. You're dating me. Or something to that effect. <laughs> That's <laughs> that would a great be idea. <laughs> I've always thought they should somehow bring Taysa in to play a, either a young Norma you know, well, yeah, I maybe get a young gonna... Norma and Caleb scene or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been thinking. I'm like, they should do a flashback of whatever happens and they should bring her in. That would be so cool. Yeah. I mean, if you have a little sister that looks that much like you without looking exactly like you, it's perfect. It's, Use her. Yeah, it's it's right for <laughs> great. Yes. <laughs> it's like Nicholas Brendan with the twin. <laughs> exactly. You have an identical twin. Write them in somehow, you know. <laughs> yep. At least one episode. Because this, this whole storyline is, they could totally do flashbacks, and it would work so well. And they could totally bring in Thaisa. Or the idea of her moving into town and Norman dating her is even better, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For comedic effects. I love that idea so much. <laughs> <laughs> making her like super jealous and off put <laughs> but yeah for actual the good of the show I would actually love to see what really have a flashback and see what actually happened that what Caleb was alluding to I want to see that yeah and I really hope they at least kind of go there I think they will right 
yeah, I think so. I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? It would be. Indeed! I know. <laughs> I know. Usually I'm not a huge fan of, like, flashback, but this show really lends itself to, it could really do some good stuff with flashbacks, you know? Well, every time they've done it, it's been very revealing and interesting. Yeah. And well done. Seven, I'm sure Norma's arrangement with Ted Shaw will work out best for all concerned, and we will hear no more of this. <laughs> <I'm> exactly. Like, <laughs> so after that scene with the deal, you know, in his office with the negotiation, I'm like now an uber fan of that actor because his facial expressions were fantastic. Oh, my God. Oh, man. See, that's why I loved him so much in that first scene we see and you're like eh, yeah whatever but I, I'm already well suited to this guy from right. Matt so I've already you know experienced these things so yeah it was amazing oh. and it was awesome <laughs> oh he just I just love the look on his face so much and the look on <laughs> Romero's oh that was just one of the best scenes I've ever seen on TV <laughs> seriously <laughs> I love it so much <laughs> we'll talk about it We'll talk about it, but uh, just and we'll talk about this a little later. But you know, Mad Men appeared, premiered, and oh yeah, he it's 1970 now, and he comes back with the oh man, this 1970s porn stash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Two of the characters did. Uh, not Don Draper. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Don Draper, for not having a mustache. <laughs> for my last few images of Don Draper, right? Forever. <laughs> like, oh. I hate Mad Men now. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. So. He says, when I said a few episodes ago that I expected Norman was the one getting all dolled up, you both laughed and said we were not far enough along the path yet for cross-dressing. I think we're fast approaching that point. This season is progressing super quick. My prediction is that Q's and Co. are either going to ignore the films or use last season or so as an opportunity to retell them the way that NBC's Hannibal is eventually going to retell Silence of the Lambs. Oh, that's interesting. Then I can have my ending where Dylan arrests Norman. Okay, a few things. One, we are close to the path of Norma cross-dressing, but not getting totally dolled up like Emma did and have that be like a rebuild that it's Norman. We are not there, and that's not how they're going to do it. Nope. <laughs> and that's why we laughed, and we're laughing now. <laughs> Although we respect your predictions. Or whatever these are. Um, it is progressing super quick. And I would be very surprised if we don't see Norman in that white and blue dress in this season. And see, I take him hiding that dress for a whole different reason. I don't think he's hiding it so he can put it on. So he knows that she, when he sees her, he knows that it's a, okay, he knows that she's not wearing it. So if he sees her in that dress, he knows that she's not mother. Right. I think he's like, yeah. like testing that. 
Like, I agree. Like I'm hiding it, so if I see her wearing it, I know it's not really her. Because in his mind, he's either going, holy crap, you know, I'm actually hallucinating my mom. Or he's wondering if maybe she's, like, tricking him or something. or You know, because he was so paranoid last time with all the whispering and, and things going on. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe in his mind, he's like, why is she lying to me? Why? You know, she was wearing that dress. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So I think he's hiding it to, like, prove a point. To, like, test it. Like, okay. Oh, I do, too. But my initial reaction was a tweet I did <laughs> that said, I went, oh, my, we're going to have some Norman time. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. I even wrote that down. I was like, I think off screen Norman's had some Norman time, but not like <laughs> staring at Bradley's picture type Norman time or Miss Watson's picture, but more like seriously thinking about what's going on in his head type Norman time, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nonetheless, Norman time. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Norman time. <laughs> um, anyway. I Interesting prediction. I don't think they're going to ignore the films. I don't think they're going to have them end exactly to begin where exactly the films are. But I am rooting for you for your ending with Dylan. Arresting Norman. I'm rooting for you. I like it, too. I do. How much I buy into the theory? Not on board so much. I would... But I'm rooting for you. (laughs) I would be okay if that's what happens, too, though. I don't know. I wouldn't be disappointed. I think that would be... No, I don't think so. I wouldn't either. Yeah. So, we'll see. We have 25 left. 25 left. Okay. Says, the plants told me there are mini muffins in the kitchen downstairs. Is that true? <laughs> I made mini muffins today. <laughs> They're cranberry. Um, are there mini muffins or are the plants lying to me again? I'm staring at them in their googly eyes and I can't tell if they're being straight with me. <laughs> that is so funny. I made muffins today. There are muffins. We'll have chick send some over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be surprised if they're sprinkled with boar jerky. (laughs) (laughs) I only have one mini muffin tray, so there's 24 mini muffins and then a few giant ones for the rest of the batter. We'll send some over for your munchies. (laughs) Whatever's going on. (laughs) Then show your own ass room. All right. Show your own asses, Matt, from the Arizona Territories. Thanks, Matt. Entertaining as always. Yep. Thank you. We sent to what we've been watching. Okay. We'll get to that later. Yep. And our last comment card is from Iggy. She says, good morning. I watched the show one more time before sending in my comment card. I enjoyed the show, but was left with unanswered questions. Notice I didn't say W, unanswered questions. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Thanks. (laughs) W means with. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, one. 
So what happened with Annika, and who was she? I guess her role is irrelevant now that we know that the flash drive contents are. Norma is definitely using it to her advantage. Well done, Norma. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to hear much more about Annika, really. So Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't, but I, I feel like that's not out of the realm of possibility that we get more. Right, because there's still, someone still has to get like arrested for the murder so it'll come up but i don't know if like who she really was is ever gonna come up you know mm-hmm. i don't know um she says too the old dude at the creek mentioned a name i'm assuming it's an, the same guy who tried to run norma off the road i was confused until i saw it again and i believe it's the same guy he must have been murdered romero knows these guys personally it will be good to know how romero ties into these guys Okay. Oh, actually, it's not that guy. I don't think it is either. Um, The guy's name is Clay Dufont. Yeah, and he's the guy that Romero sees dead in his car. He tries to arrest him. Right. Okay, basically, and that was the scene right before Norma comes to Romero's house. Um, Mm -hmm. So, the dude at the creek mentioned... A guy that was, like, allegedly dumping the, the body. body. Lindsay's body? Yes. Lindsay's body. And so Romero knows who this kid is because it's a small town, blah, blah, blah. And probably knows he's mixed up mixed up with Bob Paris. And then he sees his car and he sees him sitting in his car. So he just wants to ask him a few questions about Lindsay, he says. And he – and the dumping of the body and – he sees that he's sitting in his car dead. Right, right. So I think he's just like a kid from the town that does the dirty work for the Arcanum Club. He dumps the bodies. Yeah. And then Bob Harris knows that Romero knows because Romero mentioned his Clay's name at the restaurant. And so uh-huh. I think Bob was like, well, his job was to dump a body with no one seeing him. Someone saw him. He's got to go. Yep. So he had him killed. So it's not the same guy that tried to run. The guy that tried to run uh, Norm off the road is, if you ask me, is way higher up. In way the, higher up in the company. Exactly. He's yeah, not a body Bob dumper. Paris food he's chain. A, yeah, he's not a body dumper. He's a sh- go shaker upper. Go. Yeah. He's the guy that was in the motel. Going through. Yeah, going trying through to find stuff. the chip. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. So. Okay, so I, I hope, hope that that's makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, three. Norman keeps getting deeper and deeper that he is out of it half the episode. He kept the dress. I think we will see. I only, I'm only going crazy when I talk to you in my head, Norma, in the dress from now on. She needed a change anyway. Yeah, because she's worn different. I don't know. Now I want to feel like I need to go back and see what she was wearing in her his head stuff. Because that's interesting. Because, you know, when he asked her, he's like, my favorite dress of yours, which mm-hmm. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> you won't, don't even need to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird for a teenage boy to have a favorite dress of his mom's. <laughs> um, has she been wearing the dress? I don't think she has. That blue in the and time one? Was, yeah. No, because in... So... The bathtub we... one, was she wearing, like, a green dress? It... 
I thought she was wearing like a skirt and a sweater type ensemble. Mm. But yeah, I think she's right. I think that one has turned into the dress that just to make the show flow at this point. Mm-hmm. She's got to be wearing that dress every time he imagines her, right? Right. I mean, maybe she has in the past. Maybe that's the dress she was wearing the first time we saw. Flat. Maybe is that the dress she was wearing in the in in the cop or during the lie detector test? I don't know. I really I need to go back and check. Well, and it also just shows that he's having these conversations. We're not seeing them all. Right. You know, she was wearing that particular one that morning when he obviously had a conversation with her in his mind that morning. Right, which kind of so, answered our, we we were inquiring about this right. during the bathtub one. We're like, okay, there's going to be a point where he remembers these, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll probably see her in that dress from now on in his little visions. So, but I don't think yeah. she's been wearing it in all of them. I know she hasn't, so. No, which is interesting, at least for this season, it's odd that she hasn't been. Have we only seen her once? Yeah, we only saw her once. Mm-hmm. This season. We've seen her quite a few times, though. But, yeah, it's interesting that they probably wrote all the scripts before they filmed any of them. So I'm interested that they didn't put her in that for the bathtub scene. Yeah, but... I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it's not a big of a deal as we're making. I don't think be- it is because I really just think he's basing it on the one that he had that morning that we didn't see, and she was wearing that dress. I think that's the only significance it has is that in the vi- in the conversation he had with Head Norma, telling her about Caleb, she was wearing that dress. And so, yeah, but if she's never worn it before, then what's the significant? You know, he'd probably imagine a different dress on her. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. We'll see yeah, where it goes. I don't know. Yeah. I okay. I can see what you're talking about though. Um all right. I feel like I have to wait until the next episode to guess what happens next. I bet Norma gets in contact with the therapist. I am hoping her demands to Bob get met. I noticed Norma got herself a rental nice car. She did? Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't notice that either. I thought she was in the Mercedes. Um, Chick came back, and Dylan now has Norman to look after. That's a tough deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is a therapist that she's going to. I didn't even think of that. I want to see her go to Romero's house, of course, but she probably, she, I don't know, that, that scene in this episode kind of opens up to the... I think it was there, because that's where she's going. Because, you know, don't here's my card, don't lose it this time. You right, know. right. It's probably the therapist. I just think when she was leaving, she just had no idea where she was going. You know, she'll probably just... Oh, yeah, me too. You know. She just but she'll need to come up with somewhere. Yep. And I'm guessing that's where she comes up with. I bet it's... I bet it is the therapist. I didn't even think of that. And it, that might be a fine place. Maybe better than Romero's. <laughs> what would Romero do if she goes to Romero's? Um, roll his eyes. I don't think he'd be too happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, be so much drama. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. 
the therapist would really be excited to see her, I think. I think so, and he might... Yeah, have... I'm interested. I think that would be an interesting thing to do. Yeah, and I think he would be a good one for her to open up to, and, you know, maybe he can... I think she's at a point... You know? Especially now that she's lost her trust of the boys right now. Mm-hmm. She needs someone right now to just open up to big time. Exactly. Yep. So. All of it. The Caleb stuff, everything. Yep. So, yes, mother is predicting she's going to the therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least that's where she ends up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Iggy says, the B&B is lots of fun. The brownies from the dude at the chill your own house room keep me relaxed in the Sandman room. (laughs) That's a good room to be in if you're having some of those brownies. I've been into a googly eye once. (laughs) All right, Matt, you got to make sure you get all the googly eyes off before you put them in the brownies. (laughs) We've had a complaint. (laughs) She goes, hashtag, it's not weird. She says, have a great week. The Wi-Fi password for the B&B is the same or not the same as the motel? Mother? All cats? <laughs> think about that. Hmm. Um, yes, it's mother. Because <laughs> we... <laughs> we love it and it's not weird. Or maybe the, maybe the password is it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that, but I think I like mother better. Um, you're or it could be Norman in all caps. <laughs> Yeah, the password at the motel is mother. And the B&B, it's Norman. (laughs) (laughs) She says, your resident B&B guest, Iggy. So, thank you. Thanks for all the comment cards. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. We love those. Yep. And it's, it's fun to hear everyone's questions and ideas and gets us thinking, too. Yep, and we've got some funny listeners. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I like our listeners a lot. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> so, all right, should we get into the episode? Yeah, I'm just making a cursory check of Facebook to make sure we don't miss anything. Oh, okay. We don't get a lot of comments on the episodes on Facebook. Everyone writes in. Yeah, but we had a little bit. Didn't Iggy ask? A, oh, she, someone asked, and I think it was Iggy, um, the job that Chick offers to Caleb. Was it an out-of-country job? And I just said the only out-of-country thing he mentioned was how astonished he was that he fled to Puerto Rico. Right. <laughs> But he did mention it's risky. I mean, it could be transporting it down to Mexico to the cartel or something, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would imagine transporting a bunch of weed, no matter where you're transporting it to, is pretty risky. (laughs) Yeah. um... And those guys are so stupid. There's a lot of, there's an area in Utah that, like, has, like, the most, drug bus like in the nation or something the like that nephi area and, oh really yeah because it's it's like you can get on to like two or three different freeways in that area and go to like arizona colorado and they do a lot of drug bus there and i swear every time you know the news shows a story like the person got pulled over because their 
brake light was out. And it's like, so you're right. transporting like a hundred pounds of weed <laughs> and your taillights busted. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Oh, those are things to really make sure all is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, wouldn't you like go over everything like oh yeah 10 times to make sure oh my gosh it's so funny it's always just stupid things like that or they change lanes not like using a blink it's just like minor traffic things and then the cop's like hmm your back seat is a little bit higher than it should be or you know i can smell mm -hmm. it or you know it's hilarious they're idiots <laughs> sorry little tangent um did you see anything else on facebook I'm going, we've got a lot of comments. <laughs> There's like over 30 on both threads. So. <laughs> Join the Facebook group. We have fun. No, no direct questions. Sometimes we get downright silly. Um, Flora did open a thread that, like we asked for password attempts, and we had some fun times with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was busy and didn't get to... Think of so many. Sue, you're one of your one of my favorites was your toenail polish. <laughs> <laughs> I was camping when she put that thread up, so I was a couple days late to the game, but that was the first thing I thought it was toenail polish. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine said that she, you know she tried password. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> And Carrie said, sophisticated animal. <laughs> I think a few of these would have been Norman's guesses. Let's get into the episode proper. Okay, so it opens with a woman walking out of a place called the Beer Country Barn. <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking at it. I even paused it. I was like, is it bear? Is it blur? And I'm like, nope, it's beer. So <laughs> beer <awesome>. country barn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan is asleep in his truck in the parking lot. She walks up to his window and tells him he needs to leave. Um, then next we see Norma is driving and crying a little. So we think, we think she's been told. She's been told, right. <laughs> Um, a black car drives up behind her, flashing their lights and honking their horn. Norma waves her arm out the window to have them go around. <laughs> they, they drive up next to her and then hit her and runs her off the road. Norma drives into a field. She gets out and sees some cows and says, great, just great. <laughs> <laughs> the black car comes back and a man gets out and asks if she is okay. She yells, are you crazy? You ran me off the road. I could have been killed. He says, you're lucky you're not dead, Norma Bates. Uh, she tells him she is going to call 911. He says a better person to call is Bob Paris. He would like to speak with her. She has something of his. Norma says she doesn't know what he's talking about. The man says, seriously, do you think we're idiots? <laughs> I, I just love it when he says that. Um, <laughs> Norma says she is going to call Romero. The man says he can't save her. He can't even save himself. He tells her again to call Bob Harris at the Arcanum Club and to do it soon. Then we have the opening sequence. I liked how he said Norma Bates and how that got her immediately. 
what she should have known mm-hmm. eons ago, Norma. Come on, Norma. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I loved her reaction to seeing the cows, too. <laughs> <laughs> so. On the bright side, she can call the cops now and get her insurance to pay, and they won't know anything about the pre-damage with the sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it all happened in this crash. <laughs> we do find out what was making her cry, though, right? Yeah, Norman scared her. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. Why, where was she going, though? I forget. I'm guessing to school. Oh. Because there's... It's weird. We'll just talk about it real quick. So Dylan picks her up at the hospital. Right. And then next we see her. She's at a bus stop, but Dylan's back at the motel. So why didn't he drive her to the motel? So I'm guessing he dropped her off at school. Right? Yeah, he must have. Yeah, so I think she was driving to school. She's a trooper. <laughs> it's understatement of the year, but she is a trooper. I know. She's like, I got run off the road, I got threatened, had to go to the hospital. Got a black eye and a bloody nose. And... My son was mumbling to himself this morning, and but I can't miss class. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, she has Emma take care of him. Watch that's right. Him. That's right. <laughs> like, hey, Emma, if your mom asks you to watch your boyfriend, <laughs> you might want to rethink this relationship. <laughs> if your boyfriend needs babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because he's got like a terrible flu or something or a fever, right. you know. It's just a everyday problem. <laughs> 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 All right. So next we see Romero walk up to a man standing in the water, clamming. Romero mentions the dead girl found and asks the man, Stanley, where. Okay, ask the man Stanley where he thinks she could have been dumped since he knows the current so well. Stanley says she could have been dumped anywhere within about a mile from here. Romero asked Stanley if he saw anything unusual, and Stanley says he saw the Dufont kid about five days ago claiming to be bird watching, but he didn't have a camera or binoculars, and it was raining. Romero asks if it was Clay Dufont. Romero asks why if he didn't say anything earlier, and Stanley says no one asked. I hate that answer. I know. It's like, well, I know everything around here, but no one's asked me. I know. That, <laughs> I, they do that so much in movies and TV They shows, totally do. And I just hate it. Well, no one asked. It's like, well, they probably asked you questions related and it didn't occur to you <laughs> just because they didn't ask <laughs> that specific question. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they, prob- they probably didn't talk to him at all, but. Yeah, possibly. They've probably announced things like, if anyone knows anything. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, maybe White Pain Bay doesn't do that. <laughs> it's like they've got so many secrets. We don't know what to cover up and what not to anymore. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So that where the scene just kind of sets up. Yep. Something that doesn't seem that important in this episode, but it may become important. Might might become important. 
Yeah. Yep. So the next morning, or no, so next Norman is sleeping in his bed and Emma is sitting in the rocking chair watching him. Norman wakes up and Emma says his mom asked her to watch him. He asks if Norma was upset. Emma says yes, but don't worry about anything and asks if he wants breakfast. Norman says something terrible has happened. He found out Caleb has been staying at Dylan's farm and he had to tell mother. Emma says, did you have to? (laughs) (laughs) Norman says he raped her and he can't understand why Dylan would have anything to do with him. Emma says it's because he is his father and we all whitewash our parents' sins because on some level we need to. We hear the front door open and Norman gets out of bed and says, mother? (laughs) 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 He goes to the top of the stairs and it's Dylan. Norman apologizes and says he had to tell her he had to. We see Emma standing inside Norma's room, listening in. So, what's the deal with Emma this episode? Same as last season. She's so interested in the goings-on of the Bates family. It's just weird that... She just, she wants in so bad. Twice. Yeah. Twice now we've in this episode she deliberately is like eavesdropping on conversations uh-huh. and I don't know that bugs me. Well, it bugged us a little last season. Yeah. So. But yep, she was sitting in the rocking chair. <laughs> yeah. The infamous rocking chair. Yeah. So next, Dylan is walking down the outside stairs. His phone rings. Do you think we missed a bit of conversation between him and Norman? We must have, because Dylan doesn't say anything back to Norman when Norman apologizes for telling Norma. So. Mm-hmm. Then it just cuts to him going down the stairs. It just cuts to him going down the stairs, so whatever he said got cut for time or something, I guess. Um, and his phone rings, and it's the hospital telling Dylan that Norman is there, and she's been in an accident. And it cuts to Dylan at the hospital. He asks about his mom, and Norma walks up to him and says they need to get out of there. Dylan says he's so sorry. She says about what? And he says about everything. She says, it's not like you were the one that ran me off the road. Dylan says, someone ran you off the road? Norma says, yes, and threatened me. It was some guy who told me to call some other guy. (laughs) (laughs) Norma says, what's wrong with these criminals? They can't just hang on to their own shit. <laughs> like it's my fault. <laughs> that was so the best <laughs> Her delivery is just amazing. I know. <laughs> she tells Dylan she was told to call Bob Paris. Dylan says he has heard of him. He's part of the drug trade, the money guy. Dylan says they have to go to Romero. Norma says, no, she needs help. She's going under financially, and Norman's getting worse. She found him in the kitchen that morning mumbling to himself, and she couldn't wake him up. She can't help him without money. She says the dying girl gave her the flash drive like she knew she needed it, and like it's an omen, and she isn't going to give it up. (laughs) So I think you're right. I think Norma does think there's a little treasure map on there. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> and it's just so funny how she keeps mentioning how much she needs money. And then when it comes to the negotiations, she doesn't ask for any money. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> she just wants to keep running the motel. Are you kidding me? 
I'd have been like, give me two million dollars, you'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, moving back. No, I'm probably not Arizona. Just, I don't know. She's been such a fresh start, lady. I know. Oh, she's funny. But on the other hand, it doesn't surprise me. I know. At the pool. I, oh, man. That <laughs> Nothing <was such> fancy. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because it's like she didn't want to extort them for a lot. She just wanted what she felt. I know. Kind of fair. <laughs> <laughs> the pool was her extortion. <laughs> After all the big talk. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so Dylan must be kind of confused in this scene because he just five minutes before and Norman had told him that he told Norman. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're all confused. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she says that she found him mumbling to himself. Yep. Yep. So interesting. I know. I know. I love I love that we got now Norman. I mean, we just discussed this a few episodes ago. Like, when is he going to... Because in the movies, he remembers talking to his mom, you know? Right. He... he later on, some sort of psychosis requires him to actually physically dress like his mom. But I don't know. We're just seeing the progression. We just got another step in the progression and I'm just thrilled. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just the, the realization. And that's now that Norman knows this, it, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go with it. It's, it's a little sad. It's, it is. It's, it's pretty sad, but I'm excited. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, okay, so next we see Romero walk into a restaurant and up to a table Bob Paris and Marcus Young are sitting at. Bob says, always with the drama with you. <laughs> Bob asks if Romero has met Marcus before, the guy running against him. Romero says yes, and now he can leave. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus gets up and tells Romero to smile and relax. It's not good for his heart or his head, and he leaves. Romero tells Bob he had Clay Dufont cover up that body for him. Bob says that is a big accusation and asks Romero if he wants some dessert. Romero <laughs> picks up the dessert plate and puts it on the other side of the table. I just thought he just grabs it. <laughs> I thought he was going to take a bite. <laughs> Romero asks why Lindsay Davis was trying to blackmail him. He says whatever she had, she passed to Annika, and now they are both dead, and the thing is missing. Romero asks what it is that is missing. Bob says it's a flash drive. It's his, and he wants it back. He says there is confidential information on it. Romero says, worth the lives of two women. I'm surprised Bob didn't correct him and say two hookers. <laughs> right. Um, Me too. Bob tells Romero that he has killed people for the good of the town, and they both have slept better for it. Romero says, but... Well, I just... I guess we don't know everything, but I feel like the people Romero has killed, like the man in number nine, mm -hmm. these are different than these hookers. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, we're talking actual, like, bad guys. Right. Um, a couple call girls probably trying to, like, save their own lives somehow. Getting themselves through college. <laughs> right. I and, yeah. I mean, yeah. I still think something went weird or wrong in the Arcanum Club, and they had a plan to grab that flash drive and, and run, you know? Yeah, there's got to be more to that story, and I just can't. Yeah. I really think we're going to see more. I hope so. I think we're going to wrap it up, and I think it's going to be awesome. Yep. But, yeah, we don't know everything about Romero, though. He's still a big mystery. That's so true. We don't. We maybe don't. he has killed like this. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Um, Let's see. Romero says, worth the lives of two women. Bob tells Romero that he has killed for the good of the town. They both better for it. Romero says, two girls are lying in the morgue for the good of the town. Bob says he is going to talk to him like a person now. Like a person he grew up with, played ball with. Someone he felt sorry for because their home life was so crappy. Bob says, if Romero wants to do what is good for the town, then find the flash drive and quit making this about everything else. He says Romero left him no choice but to bring Marcus Young out there to take his job. Romero says he feels the same way. He is forcing him into a corner, and there isn't room for both of them in that corner. Bob says, no, there is not, and the only way for both of them to get out of this is to go to Norma Bates and get back the flash drive. He's pretty sure she has it. Then Bob asks, you know her, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we find out that Romero had a pretty crappy home life when he was a kid yeah that was just so excited to hear anything about his backstory i know i I was really excited about that little bit of info same i'm sure there's more to come why do you think they're so convinced that norma has it i mean couldn't annika have just dropped it somewhere (laughs) i don't know i would guess it's the whole thing that she came to the base motel Instead of going to the hospital or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The whole fact that she she had it on her person, showed up at the hotel, and died, and it's gone. That's just the only thing that makes sense. They probably searched her car. Yeah, probably. And maybe the parking lot, because I don't know. If it hadn't been like just handed to Norma the way it was... It just seems like they know that. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe because there is more to the story and that they... I don't know. It's, yeah. it's still a little weird that she was so set to give it to Norma to help her and her son because she just didn't seem to know him well enough. That's true, yeah. But if there is more to the story and more to my thoughts that maybe she stayed at the hotel for a reason because of Norma and Norman, right. although none of that makes sense unless she's like... Next girlfriend of Caleb's. <laughs> I, don't I was just wondering, like, <laughs> does she have something to do with Caleb? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't think Caleb could get someone like that, but, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just something. Because I still think that there's a possibility about my theory that just it's just is so weird she stayed at the Bates Motel. Unless it's just the writing and getting her there. 
Maybe Dylan was a twin and Annika is his twin sister. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Long lost twin sister. Norma could only keep one of them. <laughs> Getting into some crackpot theory. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, and I'd also like to say... If I was Romero, I would have smacked that condescending a-hole. Marcus? Good Marcus. He's the worst. He is. Where does he get off, you know? I don't know. Smile is good for your heart, you know? Smacks him on the back. Yeah, he's a douche. I don't like him. Total douche. I'm glad something bad happens to him. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) <laughs> okay so next we see dylan pull up to the motel we see emma in the background showing someone to their room and we hear her tell them the password to the wi-fi is mother all caps <laughs> dylan walks into the office and norman is sitting there dylan says norma doesn't know anything about caleb so he didn't tell her norman says he did tell her he told her that morning dylan says to stop it Norman swears he told her and doesn't understand why she's saying that he didn't. Dylan says either she is insane or Norman is. Dylan says Caleb feels bad. He just wants to talk to Norma and apologize. He's not a monster. Dylan says he has. he's decided to tell Norma himself and to stay out of it and leaves. And we see once again that Emma was listening in. This listening in is going to get Emma killed. Uh, how so? I don't know. She's just going to hear the wrong thing coming in a future episode, I think. Who would kill her? Norman. I don't know. It's just not good, and it seems they're just making it kind of ominous to me. Like, foreshadowing or something. Yeah. Definitely. They are making it ominous. It's going to go somewhere. It's going to go somewhere. And I don't think it's going to be a good thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's going nowhere good. We can all agree on that. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. It's weird. For two episodes, there hasn't been anything about their relationship. You know? About Emma and Norman? Yeah. Oh, wait. Was it last season that they <laughs> went on the hike? Or sorry, episode. last episode? I think so, oh. yeah. So, it's just this one. Maybe it's just that I watched this one three times. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Norman was, he had on his jacket, and he had a, like a name tag. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> okay, so when he was main manager, first order of business, he bought the blazer. Second order of business, he changed the Wi-Fi password to mother. Third order of business, he ordered himself an engraved name tag that says manager. <laughs> Fourth was the new day covers. <laughs> was the new the new comforters? Yes. <laughs> He's taking his job quite seriously. Yes, he is. <laughs> I've always wanted to change that password. Now I can. <laughs> oh. So, so yeah. So Norman finds out that he didn't tell Norma. And he's confused. (laughs) He's going to go have some Norman time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Sad. That would just freak me out. It was more sad than I meant that I was eating a muffin. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's uh, the realization in the Freddie Hartmore did a good job. Definitely. The things that are going through his mind, through his face, are kind of heart-wrenching. Yeah. It'd be scary. It would be terrifying. I mean, okay, so it's scary that you black out and have killed people, and every time you black out and you wake up, you're like, uh, did I kill this girl that's dead? (laughs) (laughs) Did I do it? (laughs) And now he's finally remembered a conversation. He's, you know, it's, it's, we've been asking, you know, he doesn't remember these, right? Right, right. Did he know that Norma killed... Norma, you know, killed Miss Watson. Miss Watson. Mm-hmm. Had me go under the tub and all of her confessions there and everything. So now it's getting worse and worse to where he's remembering it and thinking it's real. Yeah. Which, you know, we're we're on track to be the Norman we've all known and loved. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yep, so he's definitely definitely remembered and thinks it was as real as a real conversation. <laughs> that would be so awful. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Because then just, you would just constantly be wondering what's real and what's not, you know? Ooh. Yep. So, so next we see Caleb lying in his van staring at a picture of him and Norma when they were kids. Ooh. It's like, you know... I don't like Caleb time. (laughs) (laughs) It's even creepier than normal time. Caleb time is bad. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. And because we know... I mean, that's the kind of thing you do... If you, like, lost a sibling when you were a kid. Maybe you would stare at a photo like that. You know? Right. A little emotional, not because you're in love with your sister. <laughs> it's just wrong. <laughs> well, if you really think about it, they haven't. Okay, till last season, they hadn't had contact for like twenty years, 20 more years. than that. Yeah, something like. How that. old is Dylan? Like probably twenty-five-ish, twenty-three. I think. Oh, I think we heard last season that he's like twenty-one or twenty-two. Okay. So yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three. And I, it's it's been that long. Maybe it's ramping up because he's around now. But just you know, you, you start thinking back. How, what have these twenty some odd years been for Caleb? Has he just been doing this the whole time? And I know, like the axe <laughs> in the tree. Next we see where he's just losing it. Right. It's just scary. And he, you know, he left that note for her. It's stalker stuff. It's scary, obsessive stalker stuff. I was wondering, so we still think it was Caleb who left a note, because I started wondering when I was watching this, was I wonder if someone from the Arcanum Club left that note. Oh, I know, but I guess maybe Caleb freaked out when she started looking around, because... Right. He, just because she was looking and she could see him. Right. It sure seemed like... 
he left a note for her and was watching her to find it. <laughs> <laughs> if it was him and all it says is, Norma, do you like Caleb? Yes or no? With little <laughs> yes, no, maybe. <laughs> no, I think we've determined that it said nothing about Caleb on it. Right, right. It gave her no clue that it was him. If it was him. Interesting, I don't know. Yeah. So We need to know what that was. I think we will. I think they'll address it. I hope so. That'd be a weird drop if they don't. Yeah. Um, okay, so next we see Norma at a bus stop. The psych professor... Have we found out his name? Do we know his name? Gee. I don't know. I wonder if he said it in that first scene with him when he, she realizes he's the professor. Anyway, I'll just call him the professor. He pulls up and says she looks hungry. She says her car had to be towed, so she is waiting for the bus. He says he will give her a lift. He is going where she lives. Then he asks where she lives, and she laughs. She says she doesn't want to put him out. He says he teaches three 50-minute classes a week. She isn't putting him out. Um, I kind of warmed up to him. Oh, wait. This isn't the diner scene. Nope. It's the diner scene I warmed up to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Is there anything to really discuss? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Why was she at the bus stop? Why didn't Dylan just take her home? But I'm going with my theory. He dropped her off at the college, and she's taking the bus home. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yep. His name's James Finnegan. Well, all right. Professor Finnegan. So next we see Caleb trying to chop down a tree with an axe. He falls down and starts crying. Suddenly we see Chick, and he says he wants to borrow a cup of sugar, but that was awful. <laughs> that was such a great joke, Chick. <laughs> know. And the whole time, you know, we were watching Caleb chuck down the tree kind of from afar and I was like please be chick please be chick <laughs> <laughs> um, Caleb tells him to get the hell out of there chick has dead rabbits hanging off him and is pointing a gun at Caleb <laughs> Caleb says to no to not point the gun at him unless he plans on using it chick lowers the gun and says okay <laughs> then chick says something bad happened to you do you want Tug it out. <laughs> oh, I'll ask you a second. <laughs> Caleb says to go to hell and starts walking. And Chick says, I get that. I totally get that. That's my favorite thing Chick says. <laughs> go to hell. I get that. I totally get that. <laughs> um starts following Caleb. Then Chick says, do you like boar jerky? You've never had jerky until you've had boar jerky. Caleb says no. Then Chick says he has too many rabbits and asks if Caleb wants one. Caleb says no. Chick says he doesn't like them either. He shoots them for Marina. She is making a bed spread out of there first. <laughs> oh, their home life. <laughs> then Chick says, do you want to have a deep and meaningful? Then yells, Caleb, look at me. Caleb stops and turns around, and Chick says, Life is shit. It's that way for everyone, but there is only one thing that makes it better. Poor jerky. Then he holds up a piece of jerky. <laughs> Caleb laughs and says, What the hell is wrong with you, man? Chick says everything. I've got some whiskey. It will make you feel better. Come with me. Okay. In your opinion, mm -hmm. is Chick 
totally um okay is he totally weird or is he totally like taking the piss out of caleb what is it um i think a little of both i think i think he's weird but i get the idea that he's pretty smart too yeah you know so i really think it's i i don't think he's purposely acting weird i think that's just him you know uh-huh. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like he's purposely acting weird. Maybe the part about boar jerky making everything better was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> the hug it out. I don't know. I don't I do not have this guy's number. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I know, but I don't I think a lot of that is just how he is, how he deals with people. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's just kind of a weird and isolated dude, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just funny. I just wanted to know your opinion. (laughs) It's about what I thought and what I think. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty baffled by him, but I do think, think he has a lot more going on then he comes across as I get, you know. You know, when Caleb laughs and says, what the hell is wrong with you, man? And Chick says everything. And then he kind of says, I got some whiskey. It'll make you feel better. Come with me. Mm-hmm. That seemed like, okay, I'm done. Let's, you finally asked the right question. <laughs> <laughs> I finally weirded you out enough. Let's go have some whiskey, which it seems like they have pot instead. <laughs> Maybe they have both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe that's just Chick's way of trying to, like, get into someone's head or kind of break down their defense walls, you know, it's just, just be kind of weird till they just have to ask you what is wrong with you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't know, I've known some weird people, they're not bad, they're just kind of weird, you know, Sure. so, yeah, I don't know, I like it, I hope we see more of him, because he is... Very amusing. Yeah. He's great. He's, um, a little Twin Peaksy. Yep. Which is fun. And I, his, uh. His outfit with the rabbits. I'm seriously, <laughs> like, I'm going to cosplay as chicken. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Um still the probably the most baffling part about Chick so far to me is still that dog. I don't have a dog. <laughs> I know. <That's... laughs> so weird. <laughs> I need to know <laughs> what was up with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, my theory that he and Caleb knew each other before is out. I was going to ask you. Good. I'm glad you said something cuz I was wondering about that. If you still thought so. No, obviously by this conversation, this is the first they've really talked, the two of them. Well, Chick Chick is awesome, mm-hmm. and this is why, because Caleb was such a dickbag to him Right. in that scene, and he's just so cool to him. I mean, he, I, he, I do think he was 
I, I just think there was a lot of messing with him. And I think once he was like, all right, I messed with this dude long enough. Let's go. Right. I'm going to go make it feel better with some whiskey. Right. But he does it in his weird, weird chick way. Yep. I think it's funny. I just love how he just starts out. Well, I was going to ask for a cup of sugar, but you said that was all limits. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the world needs some more chicks. Definitely. <laughs> that was just a great way to deal with someone that was just such a jerk to you. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of throw it on them. That was funny. Anyway, I liked it. I like chick. I do too. So, yeah, so after Chick mentions the whiskey, there's a commercial break, and then we see Chick and Caleb hanging out. Chick says if he ever needs money to let him know. He's not going to live high on the hog with the medical marijuana crap. Caleb says he is not sticking around. Chick says, so you're leaving your son? Caleb says, it's a long story. Chick says he is only asking because he has a job Caleb might be good for. Um, he says when the DEA busted everything up, he lost his transport guy. He fled to Puerto Rico. Who flees to Puerto Rico? I can think of a million other places to flee to. What's wrong with Puerto Rico, Chick? Chick has a problem with Puerto Rico. <laughs> Chick says the pay is good, 25 large, but it's not without risk. Chick says he looks like the kind of guy who can handle risk. Caleb says he is turning over a new leaf. He's got his son. Chick says, leaves are leaves. I know. Chick says, leaves are leaves. Money is money. You let me know by the end of the week. And he leaves. So, I wrote that down. Leaves are leaves. <laughs> money is money. There needs to be, like, a deep thoughts by Chick. <laughs> yes, there does. So... So, in one sentence, Caleb says he's not sticking around, and then in the next sentence, he says he's turning over a new leaf, he's got his son. What is it, Caleb? Are you sticking around? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caleb. He seemed to perk up when Chick says how much money it was. Yeah. But, I don't know. I predict Caleb's going to take him up on his offer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Although I also think Norma shoots him, so I don't I know. know. I think that too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, I guess. Uh, and just whoever does like the costumes, like what they do with Chick is just the best. <laughs> like. Just little details. I noticed that, like, one of his socks was pulled up the, all the way. The other one was not. Was I didn't know if it was just one, but it's like those big white gym socks, right? <laughs> I know, yeah, those big... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the rabbit hanging off of him and his hat. And every detail. So every yeah. detail. I don't know. I just love his gloves. And then he, like, tucks that big pipe into his sleeve. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I love Chick. <laughs> but I, I kind of agree with Caleb. I think, I mean, with Chick, I think Caleb would be a good drug runner. <laughs> He's yeah. kind of got a death wish. and Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
is not too smart. He'll be one no, that he's not. the <laughs> out. <laughs> Definitely. <clears throat> All right, so next we see Norma and the professor at a diner. He's talking about how he had to take care of his parents emotionally. Norma says she has never met anyone who can talk about things so openly. It didn't seem like he was really opening up that much. <laughs> Not really. A little, but anyway, just I thought it was funny that that's what she thinks. Um, maybe he could help her with something she's going through. And she asks him if he is attracted to her. He says he is a lot. <laughs> she asks if that's okay for her to come to him as a patient. He says he can handle himself and asks if she can handle herself. Sounds like a recipe for disaster for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's against, like, the ethics of a patient doctor. I don't... I know Niles Crane never would have. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure they're not supposed to treat people they're attracted to. I don't think so. But, you know, this is a, a professor at a community college that teaches 350... (laughs) <laughs> True. <laughs> Fifty minute classes a week, and I don't think he has a large like office on the side. He might do a little here and there, right? But I can guarantee it's not a ton. So, right. I just, I just... feel like maybe he eh, doesn't take it as seriously as maybe he should. Probably not. not the most ethical. I don't know. I he you know that being said, I I kind of. More than any other time, I kind of liked him, and I'm got it kind of interested. And yes, I ship Nomero big or rates. Sorry, I ship rates big time. But I don't think this. I don't think anything's going to get in the way of rates at some point. <laughs> that is a giant steam bowl ball <laughs> rolling <laughs> that is going to explode one day. Mark my words. Yeah, I I just don't see. Norma and this professor hooking up in that way. No, but something's gonna happen. Yeah, he'll probably make a move on her and she'll freak out on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just said he can handle himself, so if he doesn't, she's gonna throw that in his face. Right. And it'll be glorious. It will oh, be. Oh, gosh. Can we see that, please? Yes, please. Fingers, <laughs> Carlton and Carrie. Um, okay so next we see Norma at home leaving a message for Dylan she is asking if he had any luck with the thing they were talking about Norman walks up and they go into the kitchen he asks if she was wearing that same outfit that morning she says yes why he says no you were wearing that blue and white dress I like she says no he asks if he talked to her that morning she says he she thinks he had a blackout that morning and asks if he remembers anything. He says no. He just thought he had talked to her and it doesn't matter. Norma asks if it was about something important. He says no. She tells him to try not to worry about it. He hasn't done anything wrong. She hugs him and tells him she will always be there for him. He goes up to her room and starts going through her dresses. He finds the blue and white one he was talking about and holds it up to him and smells it. And Norma yells that dinner is ready. He runs to his room and hides the dress under his mattress. So So I guess this is the one where he really 
instead of the office scene. I guess this is the one where he really finally accepts that he uh, he was probably worried about it all day, and now right, it's kind of been confirmed, and so he's it's been confirmed by someone else that he didn't talk to Norma. It's been confirmed by Norma herself. So, yeah, I really think that's why he's taking the dress. It's going to be a test for the next one. If he pictures her in that dress and it's still under his mattress, then he knows for a fact he's having hallucinations, you know? Right. And we're not saying that dress is not going to wind up on his body at some point. (laughs) Right. But that's not why he took it. I don't think so. He was smelling it, though, but was he smelling it just for, like, fresh perfume smell? I was just going to ask you if he just, like, needed a little, like, Norma time and, like, (laughs) smell his mom and, like, feel comfort and kind of, like, petty Juno or something. (laughs) (laughs) Just something that provides him a little comfort for a minute. And he did, just the way he was holding it, he was kind of holding it up to himself. Oh, yeah. Like you do in a store. Like, mm. uh-huh. It was odd. <laughs> it was. But I took it as he just, he thought maybe a, a smell would give it away whether she was wearing it that morning or not. Like if she's still tricking him or something. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I took it as just. A little Norman time for a minute. <laughs> it's his kiki. Has his, <laughs> his little happy place. Yeah. <laughs> kiki is Emily's daughter's blanket. <laughs> yeah, interesting scene. Yep. Pivotal, you could say, I think. I think so. Okay, so next we see Gunner in Dylan's cabin playing a video game thing. The lights go out, and Gunner starts messing with the timer thing Dylan hid. The drive-in, and the timer falls off. Gunner finds a flash drive. Cuts to Dylan driving, and Gunner calls him and tells him he found a flash drive. Gunner says he started messing with it and opened it. Dylan asks how, and Gunner says he used to download movies illegally and sell them, and he knows his way around encrypted shit. Dylan asks what is on it. Cuts to Dylan at the Bates house. He finds Norma in the bathroom. He tells her he found out what's on the flash drive. She says, you opened it? That's amazing. I noticed that he doesn't correct her. I know. (laughs) And he takes the credit. (laughs) And she's so proud. That's amazing. (laughs) My son's the best. (laughs) He has an office. (laughs) He just lets her think. I know. Um, he tells her it's a financial ledger, splitting up an investment return of $15 million. He says he is pretty sure it is revenue from the illegal drug trade. He could put half the rich people in town in prison. She says that might not be a bad thing. She says this is leverage. Dylan says he's going to tell Romero this is too big. He doesn't want anything to happen to her. He says, do you know what it means to me to have a family finally? He says he, she has to tell Romero. Um, it's Gunner. Big surprise of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little computer guy. He totally outshined the uh, 
cafe guy, random cafe guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. So it's a financial ledger. So, I, in a way, it's a little treasure map. and i tried i paused it when it's on gunner's computer screen and like enlarged it and it doesn't show much it shows mostly the bottom of it with big numbers but you could see two names kind of above it there was like a Teresa rails or something and a another woman's name and no christina or george no that's what i was looking for Yep. Um, and it shows like Swiss bank account numbers because it has like the name of the bank and it's some national bank of Switzerland or something. So, so they're like running money through Swiss bank accounts and. Well, honestly, to me, it's kind of like, well, what do we expect? Is it just because now we have it on paper proof to like go to the DEA? Because obviously these people have been getting money from the drug trade and everyone knows it. Yeah, yeah. But I I guess here's the proof, you know. Yeah. This is something tangible they could actually take to right. the FBI or something. Because wouldn't that be something that D- the DEA would try to investigate is like where's who's getting the money? I mean, they got the sure. pot fields, sure. But – Big pot yeah. fields, twenty-seven burnt fields means lots and lots of money. Where's where's the money? You know, right? So, yeah, this is obviously something that that's the deal is that it could go to the DEA, right? Right, and they'd be very interested to find something like this. Well, in that scene in Bob's office, Norma says, you know, that she's going to get the FBI involved if something happens to her. You know, right? But. So, so yeah, I was really hoping that the gunner screen was going to show a list of all the names, and I, I was, I was looking for Christina and George. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Been, that would have been, yeah, but that would just would have been really fun. It would have, yep. To have just been on the screen. They don't need to mention them ever again, but just see that would have been fun. Yep, <laughs> would have been a nice callback. For the, you know, the big fans like us that actually pause the screen and try and read it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe we will see more of it in the future. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so next we see Romero pull up behind a parked car. He gets out of his truck and yells, Clay, get out of the car. Romero walks towards the car and yells, I just want to talk to you about Lindsay Davis. Get out of the car. Romero walks up to the driver window, pointing his gun, and Clay is sitting in the driver's seat, and he has been shot in the head. So, we kind of talked about this. Yep. I'm sure Bob had him killed because Romero knows Clay is the one that dumped the body. So, Clay did a bad thing. But he... Romero actually kind of got him killed. <laughs> kind of, and I think Romero knows that. Yeah. yeah, that's probably why he was drinking in his house when Norman came over. Exactly, yeah. You just, next thing we see Romero home with a drink in his hand. Yep, so next Romero's at home, in front of his fireplace, having a drink. He hears a car pull up, he grabs his gun and looks through the blinds and puts his gun away. 
He answers the door, and it's Norma. She says, can I trust you? Like, really trust you? Because sometimes you're Alex, and sometimes you're a cop. I love it. Yep. When she says, can I trust you? Like, really trust you? And his eyes are like... I, I, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> and his eyes just tell her, like, are you serious? And then she's like, sometimes you're Alex, and sometimes you're a cop, which is what I've said. <laughs> That's what you've said, yeah. Because in the last one, I'm like, why isn't she just going to him? And you're like, he's being too much of a cop. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he's a cop. Yeah. Um. He says, <laughs> his answer. <laughs> I know. He says he thinks she can. He'll do his best. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know, Norma. I think he can. <laughs> Doesn't he say, I don't know, Norma? <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I, I don't know, Norma. I think you can. I'll do my best. <laughs> You're going to bring chaos into my house. <laughs> I'll do my best to be the Romero you need me to be right now. (laughs) 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 She says, I have it. And he makes her come in. He says to give it to him. She says it's not on her. She's not walking around with it in her pocket. She's not stupid. (laughs) (laughs) She tells him what's on it. He says they need to go get it. She says no. This is not the first time since I've moved to this crummy town that I've had anyone by... No, she says, this is the first time since I moved to this crummy town that I've had anyone by the short hairs. I'm getting something out of it. He says, have you lost your mind? She says, maybe. That's irrelevant. Just listen to me. <laughs> that was so fast and casual. Blink and you missed it. <laughs> maybe it's irrelevant. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Just listen to me. <laughs> She says she wants him to take her to Bob Paris. She is going to tell him she has it, and she is going to ask for some favors in return. She says, why are you looking at me like that? She says, I've had a good education in this crappy town, and I'm ready to play ball with the big boys. (laughs) He says, play ball, they will kill you. She says, they can't. She's the only one who knows where it is. Romero says, and the two dead girls, they don't get any justice. Norma says a dead girl gave it to her. She wanted her to do this. Romero says, think of what people in this town have done to you. She says, you don't think I know what they've done to me? No one else better than me. They raped me. They put a dead man's body in my bed. They kidnapped my child and put him in a box in the ground. What else are they going to do to me? Kill me? I'm not going down without a fight. Not by you. Not Bob Paris. Not all the scumbag criminals in White Pine Bay. Sorry, I had to move my cursor. <laughs> um, she says if she was one of the douchebag men that lived there, he would probably say it's totally doable. And he is just saying it's a bad idea because she is a woman, a mother. She says she has seen how it's done, and she will handle it if she has to. And she stomps toward the door and can't get the door to unlock. She starts hitting and kicking the door and crying. Romero grabs her and hugs her. He tells her he will go with her. Epic. Oh, man, I loved it. Oh, yeah, that was a great, great scene. I love... Did we already talk about this? I just love Romero's reaction after she runs through everything mm-hmm. that's happened to her. Just amazing. Awesome job. Yep. Some good eye acting this, 
this whole episode by lots of people. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. That was a a great scene. It was really. I don't know. I just love those two together like that. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was great. It's. I watched the episode three times. I probably saw this scene. Five. <laughs> Not in addition, but right. around it a couple times. So I probably watched this episode, or this scene five times. It was just so good. I just kept wanting to watch their faces. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I watched Norma's face this much, a lot this time. I'm gonna watch Romero's. <laughs> Yeah, they both do such a great job with just facial expressions. Mm-hmm. I think it's even better in the next scene. Oh, yeah. I watched that one at least five times, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next, Romero and Norma are in a waiting room. Norma is nervously kicking her leg. Romero puts his hand on her leg to make her stop. Oh my gosh, this was so great. I loved oh. how he doesn't move anything but his arm. I know. <laughs> he doesn't look at it <laughs> before or after he stops it. <laughs> and just the opening shot of the scene is one of the great shots of it. Just the angle that we see her foot kicking. Oh, yeah. It was great. And it just it makes awesome. that sound, just her, like, her nylons, like, rubbing against each other. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, A woman comes in and tells them Mr. Paris is ready to see them. Bob shakes Norma's hand and they sit down. Norma says she is there because she has something she thinks he wants back. Bob just sits there smiling. (laughs) Totally disarming. I know. I thought Norma. She just gets so, she's like, okay, I'll just keep talking. (laughs) It does. It disarms her, but not as much as I would have expected. Yep. I think once she gets into it, she starts getting her confidence. Right. Back, but she definitely does get to get disarmed, and <laughs> anyone would have. <laughs> <laughs> so Norma says, "Here's what I was thinking, and tell me what you think about it." <laughs> this was like the nicest blackmail exchange ever. <laughs> I just love the way that Bob Bob did the shake, the handshake when they meet, where they shake hands, and then he puts his hand on top of hers, like. It's like what you do at a funeral. Like, how you do it, you know? know <laughs> it's just so, so weird. Cordial. Such a warm greeting. <laughs> it's just so weird. Um, <clears throat> so Norma goes on about the bypass, and she has fought hard to stop it, and she has no para- power. Romero says, Norma, try to cut to the point. She looks at Romero and says, it's all kind of the point. <laughs> he, None of us expected to go where she was going. <laughs> Least of all, Romero. I know. <laughs> oh, his looks. I know. <laughs> the look after the pool was the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Norma says her business is very important. It's all she has for her and her son, who has some medical issues, and she is in desperate 
in a desperate position. She has this thing that he wants back, and maybe she can ask for something from him in return. She says she wants him to create an exit that would connect the main street and her motel, and she would like a large billboard right off the exit on both the north and south sides, and she would like approval on any design, and she would like a pool. Nothing fancy, just 20 by 30 feet with a jacuzzi and a fence so it's safe. <laughs> Nor- Norman and Romero look at each other and she sort of shrugs at him. <laughs> I swear the pool was like an afterthought. Like I was going to stop at the billboards and the design approval but, and a pool. <laughs> Nothing fancy. <laughs> I bet I can get a pool out of him too. <laughs> it's like I'm on a roll. He hasn't stopped me. <laughs> so Bob says, How do I know that you have this flash drive, that you've opened it? Norma tells him that there are a lot of people in the town that have invested in the drug trade. She has seen the names. Bob asks when he gets back. Norma says maybe never, and it won't do him any good to threaten her or hurt her. She says not that he would do anything, but not that you would. (laughs) She's like saying not that he would do anything. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) But if she goes missing or her brakes suddenly go out, she will make sure there is one person, someone he doesn't know, that knows where the flash drive is and will return and will turn it over to the FBI. Bob says, so I give you these things and you give me nothing. And because you still have the flash drive, you can come back later and ask for more stuff. Norma says, no, I'm telling you that I won't. I'm making a deal with you and I'll honor it if you do. Bob says, so no more asks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was the tell (laughs) that he is not taking her seriously at all. (laughs) I know. It's like, no aspects. He's like, this is more fun than I thought it'd be. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Norma says, no, none ever. Bob says, I've got to hand it to you, Norma Bates. You got me. Well done, Norma. We have a deal. And Norma smiles. The whole scene, the camera keeps showing Romero's face and Bob's face. Bob's face is mostly a mix of amusement and bewilderment, and Romero's face is he can't believe what Norma is telling Bob and how he is going to get her out of it. <laughs> That's my little editorial on Thank you. <laughs> the face expressions, because they were fantastic. They were. The amusement on Bob's face was, and then just, you could just see it in his, his smile. He was just like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> He thinks Norma's the best. I know. He <laughs> loves Norma. Because, <laughs> you know, he was just totally expecting her to throw down a figure, you know? Right. Like, you pay me this, you get your flash drive back, we will never speak about it again. But no, she's like, I want an exit, billboards, and a pool. <laughs> And just Romero sitting there, just every time they flash to him, he's like, oh, just the look on his face is so great. Oh, man. Like, he's almost embarrassed in front of the I don't know. 
get everything clear. He doesn't actually need the stuff that's on the flash drive. He probably has that already. It's just that the stuff is out there, right? I think so. so. Can keep it. It's not like she's keeping it. It was just the, and I get nothing thing. It's like, wait, he doesn't really need it back. He just needs it not to go anywhere. Right, right. Yeah, I imagine there's another copy of what's on that flash drive somewhere. So, yeah. I think he just doesn't want it to get into the wrong hands, so he wants it back. Not that she could have made a copy, made on, copy on her own on before giving it back. <laughs> so it's just kind of weird. Yep. So, yeah. Great scene. One of my favorites of this whole series. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. The three of them. What? Just <laughs> the looks that they all had. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Yeah. Okay. So, um, meanwhile, down at the fruit cellar. (laughs) 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 That was for you, Harold. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sometimes we talk about Batman on the Yes Mother podcast. Yeah. Um, Yes. So next we see Dylan walking down to the fruit cellar. Norman is down there working on a sophisticated animal. <laughs> is it the baby goat? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Little, cute little tiny. I know. I, I had a hard time looking at it. Um, Dylan tells Norman he is going to tell Norma about Caleb when she gets home and see if she will possibly talk to him. Dylan says it might not be pretty, and if Norman wants to leave, he understands. Norman says none of this is Dylan's fault and he will go and help him talk to her if that will help. Dylan says he can't ask him to do that. If he gets thrown out of the house, that's on him, but he can't drag Norman into it. Norman says he feels this is partially his fault. There is something wrong with him. He wanted to destroy Dylan because he was getting close to her, and he doesn't want to be that person. He hates that person. He's a man now, not her little boy, and he wants to be a good man. He says he trusts Dylan's judgment. Dylan thanks him. Norman says he's his brother, and he wants to help him. They are a family, and they will work through it, and he hugs Dylan. All right, so what are your thoughts on the um, Norman's, I don't know if it's a change of heart or <laughs> what he's doing here? Um, Being so agreeable with Dylan. I honestly do think that, like, off-camera, he has had some serious Norman time and is, like, really thinking about his past behavior. I really think this realization that he's hallucinating Norma, I think it's really rattled him. Absolutely. And I think he is, like, really kind of reassessing behavior, what brought on the, you know, what brought on the conversation he had with head Norma this time was him and Dylan's fight and what a little dill hole he was. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to tell mom you betrayed, you know? So maybe he's trying to figure out what triggers it so he doesn't do it anymore. And, you know, I mean, if you act like such a little, you know, dill hole the way he did I mean you would kind of be embarrassed wouldn't you or kind of think 
again. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think any of it is like trying to distance himself from his mom? Possibly. Because he he says a couple things that make me think he's feeling like, boy, I've been a little too close to her, haven't I? Right, right. Because he does say, I don't want to be, I'm not her little boy anymore. You know. A man, I want to be a man. Yeah. And he wants to be a good man. That says a lot right there, too. You know. Mm -hmm. I think he, I think that is a lot to do with it. I mean, he's so close to his mother. He has imaginary conversations with her. Right, and I think that's freaked him out, and I think he's yeah, I mean trying to step back a little. Right, right. So I think he's absolutely sincere in everything he says to Dylan. I think I think he wants to kind of change his ways. And, and do you think the step back and the scared about how close he's been? Do you think that's the big factor in why he like kind of gains up on her with Dylan? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think so. I, yeah, I think, because how could you not, I mean, if you realize that you had an imaginary conversation like that, how could you not just spend that whole day just thinking and thinking and going over everything and what, what caused that? What, why am I doing this? You know, mm -hmm. and I, I think he did that. And kind of want to step back a little and distance yourself, maybe Absolutely. a little. Absolutely. Absolutely, because you never want to have that happen again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And maybe he has been thinking about previous. Maybe he is wondering, uh, maybe that, do you think he remembers the when she comes to him during the lie detector test? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they start coming back. I don't think yet. But that could be something that gets revealed to him little by little. Right. Maybe with some more sensory deprivation right. therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't think at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. And I, I, I like this scene. I like the Dylan and Norman scenes like this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the Blair Watson murder is so pivotal. Mm -hmm. I think we could still see things happen and be interesting to have Norman. Well, you know, if he does. Now I'm wondering, because if it does come back to him and he remembers his mom saying that she killed him. That. Now that he's been kind of tipped off that he imagines his mom, maybe, huh? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'm working through a lot of stuff in yeah, my head while yeah, I'm talking, so it's weird. But I don't know. That will. It could go a few ways. Yeah. If he, yeah. Then it'd be back on him that he killed her. Right. Because right now I think he just passed the polygraph and he thought, oh, I must not have done it. But there's probably a little of him that still thinks he might have. But I think Norma just dismissed it entirely. I Good. So. Yeah. He didn't do it. Great. Move on. <laughs> Although there's probably a little part of her that still thinks he did. Probably. <laughs> she's more concerned with him going to jail or something, I think. I think so. Yeah. Oh. So many interesting, fun things. It is. 
and I I'm really liking that Norman is becoming aware. I I just think yeah, it's fascinating. This has been a great turn in this yeah. episode. Yeah. All right. So next we see Norma walk through the front door of the Bates house. She yells that she's home and she has a chicken and she's gonna make a pie. <laughs> She's so happy. She really thinks that she won. I know. It's her little celebratory. So was it going to be chicken pot pie or was it chicken and pie? I'm thinking chicken and a dessert pie. I think a dessert pie. Yep. Um, okay. She walks into the kitchen and Dylan and Norman are sitting at the table. She asks what's up with them. No one is in the hospital because they're all there. <laughs> Dylan tells her Caleb's in town and has been for a few days. Norma says, my brother Caleb. Norman tells her to just hear him out, and she says, okay. <laughs> Dylan tells her he showed up a few days after her mom died and offered him some money. Dylan says he turned it down and told Caleb to leave, but his car broke down, and he's been helping Dylan build the barn ever since. That's where you need to stop, Dylan. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Dylan tells Norma that Caleb feels horrible about what he did. Dylan says he just has to ask because Caleb is so tormented over this and says Caleb just wants to tell her he is sorry. Norman says you have to try and understand it's his father. Norma looks at Norman, then at Dylan, then back at Norman, and then slowly gets up and walks out without saying a word. Cuts to Norma fra fran frantically packing a suitcase. She knocks something off her dresser. And it is, and it breaks. The boys hear that and run up the stairs. She walks. Do you think she knocked off that picture of Norman that we saw a really good frame shot of while he was sniffing the dress? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was on a different dresser thing. This was like oh. a vase or something. Oh, okay. She walks past them and into the bathroom and grabs a garbage basket and empties it onto the floor and then she tosses it. Oh <laughs> All the little Kleenexes and Q-tips. <laughs> um, she grabs a garbage basket and empties it onto the floor and then throws all of her bathroom stuff into the basket. She walks back to her room and empties the basket into her suitcase and then throws the basket. <laughs> Norman says to stop it. She's scaring him. She grabs something off her nightstand and throws it at her mirror and breaks it. The reaction shot of Norman and Dylan was so funny. <laughs> you could tell it was shot differently. <laughs> it's like, okay, now look really surprised. <gasps> <laughs> I just laughed. Um, they just looked really surprised. <laughs> um, then she grabs her gun from under her mattress, and Dylan tells her to stop it. He says he will leave. She doesn't have to. She says to leave her the hell alone and goes downstairs. Norman tries to run after her, but Dylan holds him back. Norman finally breaks free, and they both run after her outside and down the stairs. Norman keeps yelling, Mother. Emma walks out of the office. Norman yells, Your brother will look after you. Norman yells, She can't do this. She can't leave me. Dylan yells to Emma to go back in the office. 
She asks what is wrong, and Dylan yells at her again. <laughs> Norman drives away, and Norman runs after her, but Dylan grabs him and says to let her go, and Norman screams mother, and the episode ends. Any episode that ends by Norman yelling mother is great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so pretty intense final scene. Yeah, I, I mean, I expected a bad reaction, but... This was so interesting because she was so calm about it. Yeah. And it grew into a crescendo of just pure craziness. <laughs> oh, man. Her just not saying a word to either one of them. That, when Norma doesn't freak out, that's when you got to be really scared of her. <laughs> right. When she's just quiet <laughs> and looks at him and calm and just slowly gets up, you know. That's scarier than her freakouts. It is. It is. I was totally expecting her to just start screaming. But this was way better. This was chilling almost, you know. Yeah, well, today listening to that quick interview, I want to listen to it one more time because I was kind of distracted and trying to hurry. And, you know, he says that he cut out. He made the decision to just kind of cut out the dialogue and make it a little more silent. Yeah, there were things that they shot it a few different ways it with was, her saying some things, but I think it her turned out brilliant. Silent was very effective and fantastic, and oh, and just the way she looks at Norman and then at Dylan, and then back at Norman and kind of lingers, like you know, I I I'd kind of expect this from Dylan, but no, uh, not uh, you, you know. It's like Norman has betrayed her way more than Dylan in her mind. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. By you know, it's it's his father. You need to hear you need to understand, you know. Yep. That is very interesting. I love it. Is it um Do you think a big this is what I've wondered since the first time I watched it. Do you think it was a big factor? That he, the last thing he said is it's his father. When I think so, fathers to her have been totally either irrelevant or awful. Yeah, I think so because by saying that, in her mind, it seems to just dismiss what he did to her. You know, it's like, well, it's his father. You know, it's like, yeah, but look how he became his father. You know, (laughs) yeah. So it's just such a betrayal to her that that would even be something they would bring up to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why would yeah, you it, even say that, you know? Yeah, I don't, I can't think of one good father, you know, thing in her life. And so, or Norman's, really. I mean, mm-hmm. he ended up killing his dad. Right, right. Although so, he's talked about him fondly a few times, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I'm sure even abusive dads have good good moments, too. Exactly, you know. but I don't know. It's just, it's it's interesting. And I think children probably choose to remember the good times, you know. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially Norman would be. Right, exactly. Maybe not especially Norman, but Norman would be. So, yeah, good episode. I liked it. Oh, yeah. Yep. This one, this one ranked a 
Five for me, for sure. Five rabbit pelts. <laughs> I put nine and a half rabbit fur bedspreads. <laughs> <laughs> do do we do out of ten? Uh-huh. Okay, I'm giving it ten. I should just go with ten. Is there, I mean, you say they all start out at ten. They all what, start out at ten. A little, then. You know, I can't think of anything that it lost. I'm just like, I can't give it a 10 because it can't be perfect. But I don't know. This kind of was. So, all right. 10. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I just still don't get that because I, know. I look at it as like film reviewers. A lot of people give a lot of movies five stars. That's true. I don't know. It's just a weird thing with me. A lot of people have that weird thing and I've always questioned it. <laughs> so I'm questioning yours. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to give in 10 rabbit fur bedspreads because I really can't think of anything that made me go, well, you know, yeah. it, every scene was great. Do you have a what the bip? I just put Emma eavesdropping. Mm, good. That was pretty bippy to me. My what the bip, unless it just gets explained later, I thought the whole Clay, du- Clay Dupont thing was a little, like, useless. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There, I'm sure it'll come. There'll be something made of it. I mean, he was obviously killed. You could see the gunshot wound in his forehead. So now there's another death, you know. Right. And Romero knows it had to have been because of, you know, what he said to Bob that he knows. So I think they'll, I think it'll come up. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? So. I guess there wouldn't be much point. But that's my thing, is there wasn't any point to it, but... Yeah. So I guess it will be coming. So. <laughs> so, yeah. Yay. Loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It, uh... Home run. <laughs> yep. And well done, Nestor, for your first direct directing job. Yeah, I'd love to... See more of that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll do a little bit spoiler section. So if you don't move on with us, uh, thanks for listening. If you want to send us a comment card, you can send it to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group where we mostly talk about Bates Motel, but sometimes a little bit of Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we trickle in a little what we've been watching, a few things, but. Every once in a while. It's a good Facebook page. It is, we have fun. Um, Actually, I wanted to make a little announcement. We don't have an official timeline for this this but it may be very soon we have made the official choice to break off um sue watches buffy onto its own separate podcast yep we're already in the works of getting everything transferred over to it so um Um, I think the only thing stopping us from having it like tomorrow or today is having a picture for it real quick. (laughs) I don't know what to do for a picture. Sue and I haven't even discussed it. Nope. Um, So 
look into that. It's going to be called Sue Watches Buffy. We're obviously going to be moving on, but that's such a catchy name. It's going to be, we might have a little sub side name for it, mm-hmm. which would be something like, and other things. <laughs> <laughs> and other stuff. Yep. But we, we're kind of, so I think we're kind of set on just naming it Sue Watches Buffy. So. Okay. And once that's done, the split, so anything that Sue watches Buffy, like if someone in a couple of years finds Yes Mother, there's not going to be any Sue watches Buffy on it. No, because what I'm gonna I could I could cool. keep it on, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna, and it's gonna be easier than I thought to transfer everything over to a new feed. Okay. So they'll just be all separate. Um, the only thing, if you aren't into that stuff. The only thing I see it affecting is for the time that we are recording Bates Motel, the what we've been watching will probably all be on Sue Watches Buffy. So if you don't transfer to that other thread, you'll probably miss out. But the rest of the year when we do, like, anything related to Psycho, like we've been doing where we do what we've been watching while we watch a Psycho movie or something, that'll still be on there. Okay. And who knows, maybe next year when Base Motel's on again, we won't be so into a series that we might just drop what we're doing. And so the what we've been watching may just be on there. But right, right. We'll see. So for this season, you may miss some what you've been watching if you don't go to the Who Watches Buffy also. Cool. That and I think, I think we need to get a contest going starting next week. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we have a don't we have a few things that never got picked up? Yeah, or claimed? I still, yeah, the I still have a nightlight and a set of towels that were never claimed by the other two winners. So. I think it's time to give them, and I want to give away some of my uh, pictures. I got a guest book from Annie with fifty fan art pictures, and I want to give some away to people that didn't have a chance to get one of those. Because okay. I'm not, I don't know what to do with them. I'm going to set aside my favorites and put them up on my wall and a frame thing sometime. Mm-hmm. But as far as just keeping them around, I think I'd rather share. So we'll, we'll Sue and I will discuss things. We haven't discussed this at all, but it's time to get some things going like that. I agree. So yeah, during this week, you and I will, we'll chat. We'll figure out what we want to do for the contest. Okay. So. Anyway, good stuff coming up and. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And uh, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> same Bates oh. time, same Bates channel. <laughs> Will Norman finish his sophisticated animal? Will Dylan shoot Caleb? No. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and in the uh, in the spoiler section, I wanted to mention an article that I tweeted. It was a Ask the Fans with Carlton Cuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was they, Carlton Cuse asked the fans questions and the fans answered and they kind of compiled them and then Carlton kind of talked about them and he kind of said some stuff. Oh, really? That are a little spoilery that I thought it would be fun to talk about. Oh, okay. Cool. Not super spoilery, but um, he hints at some things that are coming. 
and things that maybe aren't coming. Things that we've mentioned. Oh, right on. And that article will be found on our Twitter feed. I tweeted it, so anyway. Cool. All right, so join us for that. Sue, are you going to watch the promo? Oh, yeah, I still need to watch the promo. Where is it? Uh, just on A&E. Oh. On their website. All right, so uh, anyway, show your own ass. Yep, until next time, show your own ass. It's not weird. <laughs>
So the next one's called Norma Louise. Yeah, that tells me that does that bring to mind like her as a child? Yeah, actually. My son isn't normal. Or is it just gonna focus on Norma? Keep it a secret. I don't know if I can keep living my life. Norma, you need to come home. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's lots of stuff. I didn't see mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the description for this next one is Norma contemplates a life outside of White Pine Bay. Emma and Dylan bond while helping Norman. Mm. Yeah. Emma and Dylan. Cool. So this is the spoiler section, guys. Yep. <laughs> You've just listened to Sue watching it. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it without you hearing it. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So, so yeah, in the clip, so Norma is talking to someone, I'm guessing the professor. Yeah. She's having some sort of catharsis, it looks like. Yep. And we see Dylan call her and saying she needs to come home. Yeah, and, and Norman goes cuckoo bat. Lots of cuckoo Norman. <laughs> <laughs> he can't handle the split at all. Nope. Looks like. He's destroyed their kitchen. He's down in the fruit cellar, like he... squeezing a bird or something. Yeah, he, like, uh, tore a pillow apart, <laughs> perhaps yeah. up in his bedroom. He's up, there's a little shot of him in Norma's room saying, Mother, where are you? And then he seems to see something. They don't show us what he sees, but he looks at something. Yeah. And then we see Norma with a gun. So, so Norman's ideas on... Breaking from mom <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and being a man now, I think get all shot to hell. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm excited. Yep, it's gonna be good. Yep, she's got on a little fur vest too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> she must have packed chick. it. <laughs> she's a chicks. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I want a Norma and Chick scene. Oh my gosh, how did we never think of that before? Oh man, Chick would just unsettle her so much. (laughs) 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 Oh no. So, yeah. So what is this article? Okay, I'm just going to skim through it. Um... So I think like Yahoo or something, they just did an interesting thing where like, say, Cloud Accused asks, Carrie Aaron and I have Mom, said, can I play? Who's here? Cohen is here because my friend and Molly aren't here. Okay. Yes. Yeah. staying on a road trip. Okay. Okay. So it says, Carrie Aaron and I have said Bates Motel is going to end after five seasons and a total of 50 episodes, does that make you more likely to watch knowing there is a defined endpoint? And everyone's pretty much like, yes, blah, blah, blah. So Q's responds, that's good. It's gratifying to see people appreciate that decision. This is not an open-ended narrative. We consider Base Motel to be a story with a beginning, middle, and end. And Carrie and I want to bring the story to an end on our own terms. We feel the show will be all the better for that. We don't want it to just peter out and die, the natural death that most TV shows die. That's exactly how we feel, so I'm excited. Yep. Um, 
particularly this story, because the end of the story, you think you know the end of the story from Psycho, and we want to present our own version of an ending for Norma and Norman. One, we think will be absolutely right for our story using these characters. That's exciting. We do have a roadmap for the last two seasons of the show, and we're excited about executing it. So I don't know, maybe... um, I, I would be a little disappointed if they change it a lot. I really would. I'm kind of a purist, and I like the idea. That's kind of why I've been watching this show, is because I know where it's going. Right. Um, Honestly, I, I'd be a little disappointed if they change it too much. Well, they can't not have Norman kill Norma and then stuff her. They just can't. I mean, that's the show. That's the show. Right. Yeah, agreed. So I don't think that's something they're going to change, you know. But I think something like Matt's theory, you know, maybe Dylan does arrest Norman or I don't know. You know, it could be little changes like that. Norman has to be around around the Bates Motel with Mother in the house. (laughs) He can't be in jail. Maybe Norman kills Dylan at the last minute or something and gets away with all of it. I don't know. Right. But I mean, in the movie, Norman is like 30 something, right? Yeah. So if he gets arrested at 19 or 20, he would probably go to an institution and get out 15, 20 years later and run the motel. Yeah, and that's a change I could handle, I suppose. I mean, in the movie, he's just thought of as a harmless, right, uh, quiet guy that keeps to himself. Right. Where it, you know, totally rocks the town that he uh, right. was crazy. <laughs> I just, yeah, the, to me, the show doesn't have to end right where the movie picks up. It doesn't. I just, I have some things, and yeah. And I... They're not going to not have him kill Norma. There's no way. Okay, good. No way. That will happen. If they do, I cry foul. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So. So, okay. So then Q's asks, what are the things you like best about the show? Uh, um, You know, they say the expected things. A big one was the chemistry between, you know, the Nomero stuff. And Dylan, what's one of our favorites, too. And, of course, the Norman breaking from reality. Um, so Q says, by making the show a contemporary prequel, our goal was to get out of the shadow of Alfred Hitchcock, because I think there is no improving on Psycho. I think it's as close to a perfect movie as there is. So by telling our story in a contemporary setting, we could tell our own version and not feel like we were living too much in the shadow of the movie. I love that answer. Mm, mm-hmm. We haven't really thought of that, that making it contemporary helped them move out of the shadow. Right. It really did. Yeah. Then he says, at the same time, we've tried to be respectful to the movie, and also, as a huge fan of the storytelling in the movie, we've tried to hit some of the same bus stops as the movie along the way while we're telling our own story. It's nice that people appreciate that connection. And then he says, as for Nomero, our intention is to make people want them to get together. When that might happen, Karen and I wouldn't want to say right now, but that's exactly what you should be feeling. You should be wanting them to get together, and I think anticipation of romance 
has been one of the staples that has fueled great television throughout its history. Absolutely. And when they get together, it kind of sucks. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> we feel like we have an epic couple with Norma and Romero. We plan to deliver on the promise of that at some point in some form. Nice. Good. Well, it's And you know, well, it's not going to get too bad. It never could because there's only two seasons left. Right. It's not like we're going to be like, uh, <laughs> it just, it's, and it's not important enough. It's a fun and I love it. And I do ship rates, rates, sorry. I do ship rates. Um, but I don't, I don't see it falling into the like moonlighting thing where, or like, what was that other show? Who's oh. the boss? <laughs> oh, geez. Yes. Right. Because it just can't, it, it can't. There's only 20 episodes left. 24, 25, 25. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so we have a promise that they're going to deliver at some point in some form. So I guess that's being pretty non-specific. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't need him to tell us that. You can just tell by the way they're playing it. And then they ask the fans what character we don't feel like we're seeing enough. And says so the answers were Romero, Romero, Romero. <laughs> Oh, and Dylan, and more Romero, Romero, Romero. <laughs> People want backstory. Um, I would have thought Emma would have been in there. I would have thought Emma would have been in there. I don't know. I don't. From what I've read, Emma started out as like a fan favorite, but I really think what they did with her last season, people kind of fell off the Emma bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. like her. As, I mean, I like her, but yeah. I don't know. I can get that. I don't think she's the fan favorite that she was in season one. Yeah. Agreed. And if I would have been on this, I my answer would have been like, chick. <laughs> yes. Or chick. Let me see if anyone said chick. <laughs> chick needs a spinoff show. <laughs> <laughs> no one said chick. <laughs> or they didn't mention at least. I totally agree with the Romero stuff, though. More Romero. Yep. So Q's response, that's great. I had worked with Nestor on Lost, and when Carrie and I were conceiving the show and imagining this character, he was really the first guy that popped into my brain and the only person who popped into my brain. There was really no one else who was even considered. We just basically made a straight offer to Nestor for the part, and he's taken the ball and run with it. He's done such an amazing job with the show. He's everything that we wanted for the character and more. And then it shows Richard from Lost. <laughs> and I went, aw. <laughs> I've loved this Romero stuff so much, it almost makes me want to watch Lost again. <laughs> um, and then Carlton asks, what is the story you most hope will happen? Or are the most excited about seeing long term? Uh, the Romero shippers are at the forefront again. Um they want to see Norma and Sheriff Alex find some peace and happiness together. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and Dylan and Emma. It's uh, really getting. Really? And guess what their shipping name is? Dilemma. It's <laughs> 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 so great. <laughs> Dilemma. <laughs> it works so well on different levels. <laughs> I know. Because it's pretty much an actual word. Yep. Yeah, and it's good enough. It would be a dilemma 
if they got together. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. No, had did anyone say at all Norman killing Norma and stuffing her? Um, Dylan's fate is one. See how Dylan develops and the choices he makes. Um, mm-hmm. We've been very interested. Norman, Emma, uh, Norman's psychosis, and Norma's fashions. Oh, Norman's fashions. <laughs> People want to see him dressing up. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, someone says, I actually want to see Norman kill someone. That would be interesting. Uh, Norma's history, her backstory, Norma and Caleb's history, the backstory of Norma and Caleb. So, no, it wasn't. But something like that does come up later. Um, he he kind of talks about you can't, you have to let the show, when you're writing it, you need to let it go organically and if you impose your will on it you can ruin it so you have to listen to the show and what it wants to be and he said one of the things they've done and they found out quickly was Romero and the chemistry with Norma so that's kind of played out differently than they ever expected Hmm. and they're playing it up because of it Um, they say the Norma Romero relationship has so many dynamics to it and I think this season is really a central arc of our narrative What's the level of trust that exists between these two people? Norma is not a person whose circle of trust really extends beyond one person, (laughs) maybe in a growing way to Dylan. But this idea that she could really trust Romero and be open and vulnerable to him is something that the show explores this season. It's also along that journey that has a number of ups and downs along during the course of the season that we really see these characters get connected to each other in a new way. And that's something which we're really interested in exploring downstream in the series. That feels like really rich place for future storytelling. So that's exciting. That is. He says, fortunately, the third season answers the questions about Norma and Norman Caleb. You'll definitely see more Norma and Caleb this season. One of the big arcs of the season is what happens now that Caleb has come back to town. What are the consequences of that for his relationship with Norma? It's interesting that people want to know more about Norma's psychology and how the whole bond developed. But I think that's a great comment and something that will be explored downstream in the show, maybe in ways that you don't quite expect, but we have a plan for that. And I think it is a pretty interesting way for us to learn some of that stuff. Um, He says it's awesome that people are excited about the potential of cross-dressing, and we'll see what we can do about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then he says, dilemma, that's the best shipper term I've ever heard. (laughs) That's fantastic. The shipper term is worth having the characters have a relationship in and of itself. Dilemma fans out there, keep watching. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I could be on board with that. I don't know. It's been interesting. Something I never expected, but I like the idea for it, just the ship in general, and I like the idea of what it would do to Norman. Oh, it'll, yeah. I think they have to go there, really. Yeah, and there is a chemistry there. There's an interesting chemistry there. There is. There kind of always has been. Yeah. So... I I would totally be way more on board with an with dilemma than I am with Nema. What what's the Oh name? for sure. Yeah. Um What did we call it? I can't remember. 
I don't think we have shipped up because we just met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as for Dylan, he see he says, I think the thing that Max Terrio brought to the role that we were completely unprepared for was his level of soulfulness. Was he a good actor? Check. Was he a good-looking guy? Check. Could he play a bad boy? Check. The depth of soulfulness that Max Terrio has brought to Dylan is something that has been astonishing, and it's something that Carrie and I have really leaned into in terms of the development of that character. Yeah, I like that word, soulfulness. Yeah, that's a good way to describe him. Totally. Yeah, because he really could have been just like a punk bad boy that we all couldn't stand, you know? Yeah. And instead, we're like, we love Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He could have been like a Zane type of guy, really. Just kind of a yucky, you know. Yeah, and with my first season rewatch, there is a little of that at the beginning. Because uh-huh. I don't I don't think they expected what they got out of him. And, and you know, he kind of spells that out right here. Right. And so they did change him a little bit from what they were expecting. Which I'm really glad. I'm really glad because yeah. I, you know, because, yeah, the be- beginning Dylan, he had no job, no place to live. He kind of was a loser, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. Here's interesting. He says, we're actually going to learn more about Romero's backstory this season and actually meet a very significant character from his life. Yay. I wonder if it's like a bully dad or something. Oh, wow. Is this... So this happened after we've met Bob Paris. He's not talking about Bob. Yeah, this just came out. Okay. This week or a couple days ago, maybe yesterday. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they mean Bob. Unless, I mean, finding out that Bob's a significant character from his life would be interesting because he's not that yet. So even that would be okay. True. We just know that they knew each other as kids and played ball together. I'm sure that's not what he's talking about. Okay, cool. Maybe, yeah, maybe a dad or a mom or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. This, this kind of killed my, crushed my dreams just a little bit. This next thing. <laughs> he says, on the prospect of Norman killing and stuffing Norma, I don't know quite what to say. I'm not sure that's going to happen exactly, but very imaginative. There will be more taxidermy. Human taxidermy? Not so sure. Emma! Emma needs to be stuffed. <laughs> anyway, I don't him. know. He could Unless be, he's fudging. He could be fudging. He could be... Yeah, I think he's like pulling a Robert Kirkman. That's... Robert Kirkman just always just flat out lies in his answers about <laughs> Walking Dead. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the thing is... Is he's just so cagey, and it's like, of course, human taxidermy, of course, stuffy norm. And he says, very imaginative, you know. It's like we didn't imagine that Alfred Hitchcock that, did. Or, <laughs> that's what we've all been looking at. You know? I know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I think, he I think he's doing a he's, yeah he's purposely so that we all just love it when it happens. Well, I'm glad because that was like. My little air bubble popped. (laughs) 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 All my dreams of a stuffed Emma that Norman talks to and pets. (laughs) (laughs) No, just him saying very imaginative. It's like, uh, 
we didn't come up with that because he's taxiderming <laughs> sophisticated animals. Right. You know. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I think, yeah, he's lying. <laughs> Good. <laughs> they ask him what it, well, no, he asks everybody the favorite episodes of the show. People said weird things. I guess season two, episode 10, the polygraph scene, you know, the finale. It definitely isn't my favorite, but it was good. Um, the premiere, the pilot was very good. Not my favorite, though. Persuasion. That was just a recent one. Oh, that's when he was cockily talking to Sheriff Romero and stuff. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, my... Before this episode, the Arcanum Club was definitely my favorite. <laughs> Um, he calls, so Q's calls Persuasion a pivotal episode, um, that the season's really about Norman's increasing inability to control which side of his personality rules him. That was a definite step on the descending stairway, beautifully directed by Tim Southam. Again, an episode that we're really proud of. If fans like that, there's more to come this season that will be, I think, equally, if not more compelling. Personally, I think... Episode 6, Norma Louise, written by Carrie this year, is just an amazing episode of television. And episode 8, The Pit, is also incredibly strong. Ooh. My sincere hope is that as the show evolves, people will find episodes that they like even more. And to me, these two episodes are as good or better than any of the ones we've done so far. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. I'll be curious. episode called The Pit? Yep. <laughs> Whoa. Episode 8. <laughs> That is scary sounding. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll be curious to see what the audience thinks in a few more weeks after those have aired. Cool. Sweet. Uh, then they ask how many show, how many chances? He asks, how many chances do you give a show to hook you? And it sounds like the whole world gives three or four. Yeah. Um, That's what I do. Yeah. I was thinking of you. <laughs> you give them three. He, so Q says he thinks in this day and age with so many choices on television, that's probably fair. It's tough, particularly when you have a new show that hasn't been highly promoted or you're competing in an environment where there's over 300 scripted shows. And I think this is what's fallen on Bates. You know, it's a good show, but I think it's a little lost. I, it, it seems just needs, to be. needs more word of mouth. It needs a little more respect, I feel. I feel it does, too. Um... I don't know a lot of people in my life that watch it, you know? Uh-uh. My husband doesn't even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> my husband doesn't watch too many things at all, but, <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't either. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't have cable. I don't, I don't see how much it's promoted, but. We watch quite a bit of A&E, and it's, it's, it's promoted on A&E quite a bit. Is it? Right. Mm -hmm. Do we have, we've never really looked into like the ratings, like the numbers on this show, have we? No. We should do that. Yeah. Let's pray. I'm going to do that for next time. I'm curious. And this, the next question was an interesting one for him to ask. <laughs> he says, what is a bigger cardinal sin in your mind? Not resolving a mystery by the end of the season or killing a major character? How about not resolving a mystery by the end of the series? <laughs> From the creator of Lost. Yes. <laughs> 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 uh, 
That sounds like he's making fun of himself. I know, it totally did. I thought it was so funny he asked that. Yeah. I don't... So, it doesn't bother me when major characters die. No. I find it um, pretty ballsy and... You know, I get over it. You get over it and it's... Uh... Yeah, you know me. I like tragedy. <laughs> yep, yep. Major characters could definitely die if it's good. Yep. But if but it's tragic can... and horrible, it's awesome. All the better. Yeah, so I would so definitely it be... Ruin, it can ruin me, but <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so definitely not resolving a mystery is... That drives me nuts. Yep. I'm okay. I can get over little things. Like if we never know what's on that, on Norma's windshield, it's not, I'm not going to stay up at night, you know? Yeah. I'd like to know. But I want to know though, really bad. <laughs> I know. I really want to know too, but it's not going to make or break. Yeah. That was just probably why we kind of were a little blase about the lost. We we're just like, yeah, they didn't resolve everything. Meh. I'm going to just go keep living my life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I still had a really good time watching it. Yep. And they answered enough good things. Yep. So here's his response, which which might give you a little insight and lost. I'm a person who believes that a healthy dose of mystery can be very much a part of good storytelling. I love reading short stories that end abruptly or surprisingly. They don't fill in all of what's to come in the future. I love the Sopranos ending, the sudden cut to black in the middle of the characters' lives. I feel like you can have a satisfying ending, but also maintain an element of mystery and wonder. And my favorite movies are ones that left me aching and wanting more story. I think he's talking directly to the Lost I think so. <laughs> I think he asked that question because of Lost, not the show. <laughs> he says, you're always searching to find that perfect cocktail at the end that's going to feel satisfying. But also, I think it's a good thing to make the audience wish that there was more. <laughs> it's a good thing, people. <laughs> anyway, that cracked me up. That's the end. <laughs> that is funny. He's like, I'm still getting all this crap over Lost. (laughs) 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 That is funny. Well, interesting. That's cool. I wish I would have. I need to join the Bates community more. I would have liked to have been part of that and made and given live answers and stuff. Yeah, I thought about it. I knew it was happening, but I just kind of let it go. But now that you've got a smartphone, and did you do the Twitter app? Not yet, nope. Maybe you should do that. I think um, I think Flora made you another gift. <laughs> 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 and she wrote something like, come on, Sue, you can do this. I told her that now that you have a smartphone, maybe the Twitter app, you will find more navigatable or whatever. <laughs> maybe you can navigate the Twitter app better. You can do this. <laughs> That's my problem, is I really haven't just spent the time to figure Twitter out. I've I've gone on a few times and messed around and just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I'll figure it out. So. All right, well, I guess that's the spoiler section. Yep, that was a good one. Yeah, it was fun.
was a fun article. Yeah, that is. That's cool. I like Carlton Cuse. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was fun that he asked the fans questions and then listened to the answers and then said some stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I think that's great because I, I like – I've heard of show creators that, you know, go in the chat rooms and see what the fans like, what they don't like, and kind of mm-hmm. adjust the show a little bit. You don't have to totally cater to fans because writers know better. They really do. But right. it's good to know where your audience is and what they want and what they like and what's working. I think so. Why not? In this day and age where it's pretty easy to do, yeah. why not take a little bit of that into consideration, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, right on. Cool. Okay. See ya. See ya. Yes? This is my cat and I got reminded. When are we going to get an exciting music I don't know, babe. Well, we'll talk about it for your birthday or something that's coming soon. All right. Very important questions. To interrupt mom about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just a minute. What? Can I play outside for a little? Yeah, it's cold though. That's what I'm going to take it. I get the feeling he and Marina. Almost done, please be almost done, please. <laughs> Interrupt. Don't help me. We're getting through it, okay? Okay, but I miss you around the house. More going on than he comes across as. I get, you know. You know. Can I have a big one? Yes. When Caleb laughs and says, well,